Hello everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to the Kill Connor Club podcast. This is episode 54. My name is James, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. As always, how's it going, mate? It's going great. <laughs> really good. Okay, yes, now you've got to introduce the yeah. It's Yeah, sorry. Anyway, today we're joined by two special guests. The first being Nick, or Aftermath. Yeah, Welcome. boy, what's up? It's... Fuck. I don't know. You're, you're not Harlem. You can't talk like that. It's, it's, yeah, boy, what's up? <laughs> I'm, right. I'm out of podcasting shape. A little podcasting rusty. So, well, let's roll with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, wonderful. And, and we're also joined... But were you just trying to try and steal that one from me? I was, I was. You were real... You paused Sorry, for a I, so I, I took a drink because I wasn't sure how long Nick was going to go for there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was shorter than I expected. We're also joined by Luma. The, the I mean, that's it, isn't it? It's just Luma. Welcome, Luma. Just... What? What's me? That's Luma. <laughs> <laughs> the, as it's we've dubbed Luma. him. Luma. It's all he needs. It's just Luma. The, the He's that special. Assassin's Creed community. <laughs> as yeah. uh, as Hello. we've dubbed so th- this oh, is a surprise God. for everybody because I said, I, well, when, at the time we were recording this last night, I tweeted <clears> out <throat> that Nick was joining us. So this is a surprise to me, a lovely surprise, I will say, to wake up and mm-hmm. James inform me that you'll be joining us, Luma, today. So that, that's very exciting for all of us and for all yeah, the people. Sure. So thanks for coming on, man. I'd thank you, Nick, but you, you're kind of just the third co-host at this point, aren't you? Oh! <laughs> <Yeah. That's cool. laughs> we're good. I can't tell the- if that's um, throwing shade. Or, when like, when, have I shade, when have I ever thrown shade at you, Nick? Ever? I, uh, I'm sure you're right. Actually, I don't think that's happened very often. Yeah, no. Except when I'm telling you to just shut the fuck up so we can start the podcast. Other than that, <laughs> other True. than that, yeah, fantastic. All right. So today, right. ladies and gentlemen, listening to the Kill Connor Club, uh, if you don't know and you're listening to this and you're like, these guys are fucking hilarious. I'd love to get more of these. You can. You can get more of these awesome podcasts. Just head over to patreon.com slash as always. For $1 a month, you can become an as always member. Get exclusive podcast content. That's the Kill Connor Clubhouse on every week. The Kill Connor Club isn't on with James, myself, and the awesome patrons over there. Nick, you've even been on one of those Clubhouse podcasts, one of the very special ones. Oh, yes. It was very special. I enjoyed it very Very much. Very special. Definitely recommend it. so just, we'd like to sit here and thank some of those supporters over on Patreon. We have Ben or Moderox. We have Quizek. Uh, okay, we have... It's, Ch- a, okay. it's Sandbag. Sandbag. Sandbag renamed his name Chandler Bing. Thanks, Sandbag. All right. We have Josh Devlier, Zeno Rio, Damien, Lumistrad. The Humble Worm has uh, moved up his pledge, so thanks, bro. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Nimbus, Seth, Tom Cunningham, Oscar, Ravjay, Zach Neely, Son of a Bitch, Ogia Doggo, you motherfucker, Tyler Tranter, Yazen, Brendan or BQ Overlord, and Pink Flame 313. Thanks, you sweet vintage lads, for being awesome patrons over at As Always. So, that's the housekeeping out of the way, guys. Thank you for surviving that. Um, Always be selling. Yeah, always be selling. That's it. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, okay. So, the main thing that has been going on recently within the community, that's the uh, the big reason we wanted to talk to you guys today, I thought we might as well get this out of the way before we get into some more fun stuff. We can have fun later. Uh, business first. <laughs> business first. No fun for a while. Um, I feel like a parent. Um, End on a high note. 
End on the high yeah, note. End on mm. the high note. So, uh, the announcement of the Assassin's Creed Mentors Guild came out within the community, and uh, this new initiative or i don't look i'm probably the least qualified person to explain this so james do you want to kind of explain, explain what that. this <laughs> generally is like for sure i don't even do youtube anymore and yeah. don't know well, but like yeah okay. for, well you've definitely come to the right person from a, for, for an unbiased opinion on the mentors group, so. <laughs> that's fantastic uh i mean essentially for anyone that doesn't know it's essentially this thing that ubisoft has set up with a few community members in different areas whether that be uh cosplaying or people that run like blogs or content creators on youtube uh in order to i suppose work as a gateway between ubisoft and the overall community in order to gain feedback uh and you know get a get a bigger insight on insight on the community by having these eight people that work as the mentors that's essentially the the main concept uh 10 people actually is there 10 yeah yeah there's 10 even i knew that james fuck well probably should have gone to someone else for the, for the answer then oh, well uh, i'm just gonna say i miscounted i have dyslexia i don't have dyslexia <laughs> but i mean whatever they i mean the, the reason i said eight is because they showed a picture and there was eight in the picture so i was like mm. Eight. What's who's the other two? Like you knew the oh, eight I, I was thinking of. I, I don't know who the eight you're thinking yeah, of. Were. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, I yeah, that's true. I don't know who they were either, um, but uh, <laughs> all right, well, cool. There's, there's ten of them. There's ten of them. So yeah. I guess this is. A, I feel like this is a good group to kind of uh, talk to about this because obviously you have different uh, various opinions here uh, on the spectrum of opinions. Uh, we have obviously Nick, you were once very involved with the Assassin's Creed subreddit. In fact, you would... I don't think it's uh, ridiculous to say that you would have been one of these people if you um, were still doing uh, I mean, the moderating I, I on the subreddit. I was subreddit. invited. You were. I wasn't, I yeah. I wasn't the, sure, um, if, we could, I wasn't sure if we could say that. Montreal. Yeah, that's why I've been pretty oh, vague think, about it. Yeah. I don't think I signed an NDA about being invited. Okay, that's true. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. They well, did ask me to come to... The Montreal trip mm -hmm. in January. I wasn't made aware that it was lead to something like this. That, as far as I know, they were just creating yeah. a community-based thing. Uh, but I ended up declining that um, and kind of withdrawing from the overall community. Mm -hmm. um, and I suggested that they should take to rule instead, or perhaps Fred, um, mm -hmm. my other, the other AC subreddit moderator, um, to cover the Assassin's Creed subreddit start, side of the community if mm -hmm. I couldn't <clears throat> make it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, we have uh, sour grapes over here, James. So that's did you one. Just... <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just use a? That's a Connor line. That is. Yeah. No. I know. I thought I was going to say salt, but then I thought it'd be more funny if I used a Connor Connor quote. Oh my god. I suppose that's fitting. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, from one end of the spectrum. No, I'm just I'm just fucking with you, James. You know I love you. Um, and then we've got. <laughs> And obviously we have Luma, who, as I said, we introduced him. Uh, James couldn't bother giving him the nickname, but I'll, I'll say <clears throat> the godfather of the Assassin's Creed community. Um, <laughs> I don't know and, about that, but <laughs> I, I agree completely, actually. That sounds very funny. Just, just take it's it. It's the correct title, it. isn't it? I, I, I give it to yeah. you. I give it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, well, you talked about you are going to be a part of this Mentors Guild, or you were going to be? You're like, I'm not quite sure. Do you want to explain... You're involved yeah, in your relationship sure. with it? Sure, sure. So um, so I've 
uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've been doing Assassin's Creed stuff mainly on my YouTube channel since like 2011. And I've done a lot of Mentors Guild-esque things over mm. the years. Like I've been going to E3 every year since 2012 to help cover the brand and to be an ambassador for it. I visited Ubisoft Montreal in uh, 2014 for the launch of Unity, got to talk to like a bunch of developers there. I provided written feedback uh, based on various topics that they've asked me to provide feedback on. Um, and I'm actually part of what's called the Keepers of the Code, which is kind of like a mentor's guild, but for Skull and Bones, which is the okay. naval spinoff of Assassin's Creed. And so um, it's a group of us, and we went to Singapore in May, and we got to like play test a whole bunch for several hours, talk to the devs, do some workshop feedback. It's, uh, it's not exactly the same as the Mentors Guild, but it's actually really similar. And my position with the Mentors Guild um, is that uh, they, I, I talked to the community of people when I was at E3 this year, and the idea is basically that they want me to be in the group, but there's kind of like some logistical hurdles because there's multiple, there's a little bit of confusion within Ubisoft about who technically manages me, I guess, mm -hmm. or like who is in charge of being in contact and, and doing stuff uh, with me. And so there's like almost like a turf war between uh, digital marketing and uh, the community team. And this isn't like the first time that this has happened. Like you, those two groups overlap a lot on like, it's very much like uh, things like the Assassin's Creed Twitter handle. It's like which one of those two groups uh, should be in charge of that. Like that's something you can make an argument for on either side. And so mm -hmm. I put out a tweet and I feel like I should have probably addressed this since you mentioned it in your video, James. Yeah. Sure. Um, but like I, I put out a tweet that said, someone had asked me if I was gonna be, if I was a part of the mentors group. And I said, uh, short answer, no, long answer, no, but maybe later, and it involves some bureaucratic stuff that I probably shouldn't be surprised by at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think you and some other people, because I was kind of vague about it and not, and pretty much nobody knows what I was referencing, which I realized after I tweeted it out, yeah, um, sure. is <laughs> what I'm referencing is like this internal like politics between like Ubisoft teams and stuff. And there's like a lot of examples <laughs> of this that I've found over the years. Mm -hmm. And so basically, um, we're hoping to get me into the group um, maybe in the next wave or two, but who knows if it's actually going to happen then or what. I uh, can't say for sure, but the idea is I think that eventually um, it would be like that. But it's not, uh, yeah. That, yeah, so that's pretty much the status okay. on, uh, I on mean, my was, was the was the main political problem you're just like mentors guild i'm kind of above that i'm the godfather is there any way <laughs> yeah exactly you can, like no. somehow create like a crown and a throne for me then i'll show up is that we can say that's the official the official story yeah, yeah. i'm head cannoning it that's that's yeah, yeah, I, yeah I gave them my my list of demands with all the like <laughs> only brown m&ms removed and they kind of balked at that a little bit, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll get in the next wave. Maybe we'll get in the next wave, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. next time you show up, you'll be like, so, where's, where's my throne? Where is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so I mean, my history with um, interacting with the, the people at Ubisoft and everything, and the fact that I've talked to the community team uh, a little bit about the program, and I've met everyone pretty much involved, and I knew most of them beforehand, too, I think puts me in a pretty good position, I think, to kind of, argue the side of the pro mentors guild side of this argument mm -hmm. although i do want to make it very clear that i am in no way speaking for anybody in the mentors guild or for ubisoft these are just my own opinions but um yeah that's kind of the perspective i'm coming from for this oh awesome okay. yeah which is and i'm glad I'm, I'm i want to have like 
a variety of perspectives to understand this because I feel yeah, like I guess I'd be coming at this as a bit of a an audience perspective that's not quite as I guess I don't know invested right in in it mm. in their life as someone like you know James or, or something like that you know so I can kind of get to see all these different perspectives see 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 the pros and the cons because obviously there's pros and cons on 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 both ends as there is for anything um so I guess, I mean, since since you were just walking us through this, Luma, why don't you talk to us to kind of about the way you see the guild working and the and the pros and cons you see with having, I guess, a community group that is, I mean, I, I don't want to use, it's not like it's above everyone else, but for people that might feel that <laughs> way, feel as though sure. from an audience perspective, like they're just a viewer, they're just like, oh, I don't understand, like, I if they don't know someone, how do how do they get in contact with these people? That sort of thing. Yeah, well, I uh, yeah, there's a few things. I think there's a few ways we could kind of look at the at the concept. And one is, uh, I'm curious to hear like from you guys is if you think uh, is it more the fact that they handpicked these people, or are you against the idea of this whole program in general? A, I there's mean, a few things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this before, as I think I'm against... I think the entire idea as a whole, I think uh, it makes sense in a way, but I think if it's community-based, I feel like the community should be in charge of the community, whereas it to me it just feels very Ubisoft-controlled. Like, Ubisoft are like, okay, yeah. so here's the community, and like, okay, so these are people that you look up to in the community, and people in the community are like, why? Like, why are these people... It, like people we should look yeah. up to I, like i don't understand like i mean if they're given a position at ubisoft like is like you know the same way community managers are sort of you know in that way then it makes sense to me because they represent ubisoft not the community but when ubisoft pick people to represent our community i think that's a bit strange but if they're re representing ubisoft mm. then i think it makes sense because it's just a gateway and the people picked by ubisoft to represent their company in order to have a gateway between ubisoft and the community then i think that's that's fine but i mean you know i I do think it's strange that they picked all the people from the community that would be involved in this. And I'm not saying I want to be involved. I'm just saying that I think mm. the community should have the choice in the people that represent them. And, I mean, I think... Um, oh, I, I had a point then. I just completely lost it. But Is, yeah. is it just the fact, okay. James, that... that I mean, because I think I agree with you on a lot of things, James. I just think the biggest mm. one for anything is, and it's very, it, it's kind of, it's very political in a way, like on a very small scale, obviously, in the sense of, I just don't like, it just doesn't make sense to me because community on any game franchise, whether it's a Ubisoft brand or, or any game brand or any TV show, the community is exactly that. It's the community. It literally has zero to do with the company that puts it out. You know, when when you're a creator of any sort of content, once you release it into the world, it becomes everybody else's. It's no longer yours. Uh, so what what happens to it is then up to the people, I guess, the consumer. And I just don't think, like James said, it's a group. Once Ubisoft puts a community group together, they're no longer a community group. They're a Ubisoft group. So mm. I just think the wording, the biggest problem. I see just as a wedding. I feel actually bad for the people in the guild because they're the ones who are kind of being thrown to the wolves 
in in that way because it's not like it was just James that had a disagreement with it. I saw so much, so many different people and and listeners and audience members that were confused and upset about how this is really worded, how this is run, and yeah. who you know that sort of thing. So I would say to start, um, I think the the name of the project slash group is a little problematic with Mentors Guild, and you guys have kind of touched on this too. Um, I think for mm. me, I, I I think one of the main issues is that the mentors are very highly respected figures in the Assassin's Creed lore, right? And like mm-hmm. you know, if you think about the most prominent ones, it's like Altair, Ezio, like Atabai, and like. Machiavelli yeah. and like all these people and it's like a position that basically commands respect and so I get the feeling that mm. a lot of the yeah. negative that uh, that a lot of the negative perception around this um, uh, feels like Ubisoft is saying here's 10 people that you need to respect or like and I think mm. that's also kind of where the hierarchical thing comes from too because mentors are the head of their respective like assassin you know groups right mm. and so I think that's really I, so from their perspective, I believe, uh, from what I've read, they chose the name because mentors are kind of, uh, not, not really because of those reasons, but because mentors kind of are in charge of, sorry, not really, they help guide other people. Like part of their role is to kind of pass along knowledge to other people. And in the same way, I think they want, uh, to kind of help be a conduit, you know, one of the ways, mm-hmm. one of the kind of gateways between Ubisoft and the fans. Um, and then also they're generally kind of um, leaders or pioneers in their respective areas. And they're able to help people um, who might have qu- questions or need guidance uh, in their areas, you know, f- whether it's cosplaying or video creation or anything like that. And so I think you have to really approach the name, which I think has caused a is responsible for a good chunk of the negative ill will. Then you have to approach it from the the mindset of these are people that Ubisoft thinks can help other people, and not necessarily that they are here are some people who will be who will lead you and be people that you respect. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, that makes I, sense. And so the other thing I, w- I would uh, point out uh, is with what you guys are saying, where it's like Ubisoft like picks these ten people to like represent the community, but community should be more like grassroots and all that. And I totally agree with that. But what I would argue is that this isn't. This has no. I, they're not. Sorry, let me back up. I think your argument would make a lot more sense if Ubisoft were actively trying to censor and shut down anybody that wasn't a part of their community but the broader community still exists right like you guys still have like your channel i still have my channel we have our own sub communities within them we still put out content there's no way they'd be able to stop people from creating content and making their own communities and they wouldn't want to either of course this is just Mm -hmm. uh kind of you have to i think you have to think of it as kind of this um, subgroup within the larger community and it's the special property is that this subgroup is affiliated with Ubisoft and so they're able to uh, you know help facilitate access to certain you know giveaways for people or provide help or uh, you know report stuff from Ubisoft or pass down cosplay uh, 
cosplay references and kind of some people in this group are also actively charged with gathering feedback either from the forums or the subreddits and providing it to Ubisoft but it's all just within like the larger Assassin's Creed community and in no way are they trying to make the Mentors Guild the one and only Assassin's Creed community and I think that's the key point uh, behind the idea of, oh, they're picking like these 10 people and it's only these people that will represent the community. I mean, everybody that's on the community team in Assassin's Creed, like um, like Stephanie Grace, um, Sansan, uh, Laura Lee, like they all have Twitters and there's nothing stopping anybody from tweeting them or Ashraf or Darby or like, oh, I, Darby's not an AC anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Don't say that. These aren't, <laughs> don't remind us. Yeah, like these aren't, um, they aren't making this the exclusive gateway Uh, Mm -hmm. between fans and the developers there are like i said there are people within this group that are tasked with gathering feedback and everything but by no means are they going to be the sole source of feedback and it's not like they've shut off communications from everyone else that's true but i do think there's 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 a couple things and i mean sure i I mean not necessarily with the mentors guild because i completely get what you're saying and it makes a lot of sense and i think that there's some things that Ubisoft do, such as they have their, like, Codex show or whatever that is, where they kind of um, mm-hmm. report on, like, community news. And you can bet, you know, a ton of money that myself uh, or, like, Fishy or Longed Fox or Tyler, Kill Corner Club, we will never be included in any of that. Or stuff that, that you know, <laughs> the Mentors Guild is going to be, you know, covering and reporting on regarding the community. You know, like when they did community highlights, you know, there's a bunch of stuff, but there was never any notice. Not that it matters to me, because obviously I don't do it to get noticed, but, you know, there was no mention of, oh, you know, Lasers streamed 24 hours to raise, you know, over a thousand pounds for charity playing the Ezio collection. There was no mention Mm. of that. And it's like, it's not that it matters to me. It's just that I feel that there's parts of the community that could get excluded in terms of coverage when Ubisoft have control over things like that. And I think that could be something that, you know, I mean, you know, it doesn't bother me too much, but I think it's just a thing that's there. You know what I mean? I, I, mean, I, I think I think there's a sense of like when you said, Luma, no one's gonna. It's not possible to censor us, but in in some sense, I've, I mean, we've accepted this for a long time as well. Don't <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. We're 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 no stranger to this. We're no we're not surprised by this. And but whenever we see this stuff we always get kind of defensive because we do feel mm. uh, I know I felt in the past, I don't really feel it right now because I'm not really that in, you know, involved other than this podcast, which, mm. you know, I, which I care so much about. It just, it is sort of feels like, and always has the, for example, James just said about the streaming and for 24 mm. hours playing Etsy collection, and everything I'm telling you right now, there's, there's no way they don't know he does that. James has a bigger audience than the entire, you know, mentors guild. You know what I mean? Or other than probably other than AC Wyvern, universe, you know what I, you, you know what I mean? Like there's no way they know he, they don't know he exists. So it's not sure. like, it's not like back when, you know, let's say I started my YouTube channel and I was trying to like send a video to like anybody who would watch <laughs> it, um, where I'm like, Oh, maybe they just didn't see it. Or, you know, I'm just too small. It's like, we, I know they see James and stuff, so it does. It does, in a sense, there is always a concern that when they get the chance, that they'd censor him. I think yes. that as his as his friend, that's what I think. So, well, I mean, censoring is 
not censoring. That's probably the wrong word. Clarify, censoring is just from official Ubisoft channels. Obviously, like you guys have been really successful despite not being featured like by Ubisoft yeah, stuff, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. that is one hundred percent a result and proof that they are in fact not censoring things, right? But that's kind but of that's I, kind but, of my point. It's not, sorry, censoring's the the wrong word. I, I wanted to yeah. say just like just I won't even use no. the word excluded. Just kind I of told, like I totally get what you're saying. You're I from what I understand, I think your issue is um, they say here are the people that represent that we think represent the AC community, and we think we've covered a lot of different areas, and it provides a good overall picture. And you guys are saying um, there's at least our corner of this community that has no representation, and there may be others as well. And you're a little um, bothered by that. Is that fair to say? I've, yeah, I mean, I'd say so in a sense. I mean, it's not like it's not like it bothers me that much. I, I mean, it's not like I need them to do it. It's just a thing that it's like it always happens. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I suppose I get why. It's you know, it's just because it, our like we necessarily like our community doesn't necessarily align with you know possibly the way that they perceive things and want to talk about things, and they're just kind of like uh, you know, I, I mean, it's you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, I took. No, I totally get it. Um, I think this is a little difficult because obviously I can't speak for Ubisoft and I don't speak for Ubisoft. Of course. Um, but um, at the same time, like I can uh, understand, I think, you know, I've been involved with a lot of community stuff for with Ubisoft for a long time. Like mm. I know kind of like what they're looking to cultivate in their community mm. and everything. And this um, Mentors Guild has gone through a few iterations that never got off the ground that I had uh, talked about for uh, that I had talked with Ubisoft about for a while and I think it's I think this is just my like pure conjecture like just me musing aloud but I mm-hmm. think you're probably right and I'm sure they're aware of what uh, you guys are doing and the things that you do but at the same time you guys have built this this particular corner of the AC community has kind of built their brand a lot on kind of irreverence and um, I don't know how to describe it but let's say when it comes to talking about like assassins like okay so irreverence like example number one we're on the kill Connor podcast club right like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like uh, and in other ways um, you know Sometimes you guys give good constructive feedback, which is more what they're looking for. But other times, like you guys aren't afraid to just say like, like this game was sh- like this thing was shit. Sure. And, like, mm-hmm. they fucking and it, it is it, it is whatever. partly for you know we are entertainers Comedy. as well. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Like, if we're gonna be constructive yeah. and we want to get when when we want to get feedback, we'll be as constructive as possible. But sometimes, like, not everything we do is trying to get feedback. Sometimes we're just like, let's just do whatever people think is funny, and so we'll you know yeah. we'll exaggerate no, in that course. sense. And I mean, I mean, that's and I think that's a big part of your brand. I think it's really smart. You guys have obviously found a really like sizable and good audience for that as well. Um, But you can't always have your cake and eat it, too, because there's also downsides to that. And when Ubisoft puts together a group of people uh, that say these are the people that we are holding up as kind of um, examples, because part of part of the Mentors Guild thing is to also inspire people to get involved in various aspects of things like cosplay or video creation or everything and the mentors are kind of meant to be these are kind of prime examples of what we think are like good representations of uh the assassin's creed community and i think 
when the line gets crossed sometimes from like uh, constructive feedback to just kind of like shitting on things, which like I to be totally clear, I've done this in the past too, although I've tried to do it less recently. Um, like <laughs> I think that's it's it's hard for them to you have to look at it from like Ubisoft's perspective, I think, right? And mm -hmm. think about like do we want to tell people, tell the Assassin's Creed community that this is the type of feedback we're looking, or these are the types of um, comments we're looking to get. And then there's another aspect of this where, um, like, you talk about, like, uh, uh, like uh, being aware of doing stuff. Like, there's a lot of good stuff like you guys have done that would totally be shareable and stuff like the streaming for charity and everything. But there's also times, like, James, like, you know, like, yes, you've done, like, the live stream for charity stuff, but there's also times, like, I've seen on Twitter, like, where you're, like, totally just i don't know like making fun of or like you can say whatever just go for it <laughs> honestly it, it honestly feels like cyber bullying to me for like yeah like i mean Claudia, who I mean, is just like this really really enthusiastic ac fan right and like i get that it's totally easy to kind of um to kind of mock like how some fans can get and like because it looks mm -hmm. like they just don't They'll, they'll just accept anything from Ubisoft and like praise it with open arms and everything. And the dude's just like a really passionate, like guy who's just full of love and life. And like, I think if people at Ubisoft see something like that in your Twitter feed, like where you're mocking someone like that, who's a part of the community mm -hmm. and everything, like you can disagree with his viewpoint and the way that he treats the series and everything. And that's totally fine. But like, I think things like that will, I think you'll find that they will actively undermine uh, any good that you do for the community because if Ubisoft is going to put you up as a mentor it's you can't just put up parts of someone right yeah sure you're yeah, putting yeah. up the entire person and so I really think you have to look at it from the perspective that you guys do a lot of good stuff for the community and I'm sure Ubisoft appreciates the good stuff like the live stream and everything but that there's also kind of more negative aspects some more negative than others I would say but others that just um, kind of wouldn't be what they want to promote as the ideal behavior for people looking to get into the community. That makes and so sense. I think yeah, that's, that makes sense. I, and so it's unfortunate. At the same time, it doesn't stop you guys from being successful or having mm -hmm. like a good AC community or from creating content or anything. It just means that you can't be the representatives. And again, this is 100% just me. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. might, you, this you're, is not you're probably putting it far nicer than they would. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, but like, this is just from, like how I've seen them like work with their community projects and everything, I would guess it's probably something along those lines. And unfortunately, I think this it's this whole irreverent corner of the community, right? And it's just, they're not actively trying to like stamp it out or anything, but mm -hmm. they can't really prop it up either. Yeah, oh, sure. don't, I get what you're saying. I think one thing I sure. think though is, as much as what you're saying, I completely understand. Like I've said, I don't think that, like, by me, because I think a lot of people have said, like, by me, you know, saying bad things or negative things about the Mentors Guild, they're saying, like, well, wh why, do you, why do you think you should be in I'm like, I don't think necessarily I should be in it. Um, yeah. But then, like, there are certain ways I act, which I agree that a company that's, you know, like, like Ubisoft would, of course, not want to promote. And if I was, you mm. know, th th Ubisoft, I wouldn't either. But... I think there's like, <laughs> like you know. I think I think to be honest, as much as you know, people within the community that I'm, that I'm in will fall sort of in the same category of things that I do. I feel like I'm kind of the one that does a lot of those things. And people like Ethan, to me, I don't even think like he's 
incredibly so nice. yeah so nice. he's he's never done anything that i've done he doesn't do the shit that i say on okay. twitter he doesn't say that kind of stuff in videos and he never gets any sort of you know kind of stuff and i think that's because he's friends with me and like you know Mm. they kind of just think oh you know that kind of commu- that side of the community with lasers and fishy and longed fox and dynamite and everyone it's like I, I i've never heard tyler say half the shit i say ever he's super professional and like obviously <laughs> he's always gonna be sure, sure. grouped in with me because of the podcast and obviously but Ethan i've always i've always and... said that james i've always said i'm i'm loyal to my friends i'll go down with the fucking ship i don't give a yeah, shit sweet lad. <laughs> i don't sweet, care about that sweet lad i'm so actually Fair that enough. just just sidetrack one minute i'm i'm really happy luma you actually called ashraf a sweet lad for me in your uh, little interview <laughs> oh, q a oh, yeah, you did with right, him did, yeah. oh, you don't know how happy that made me <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah I'm, so I'm, great. I really appreciate this conversation by the way luma like uh it's sure. just good to have honest honest discourse about this in yeah, a lot 100%. of ways because and i mean yeah. don't don't get me wrong like and this is from what you were talking about before like james said just to kind of echo that neither of us would if you had told me like oh they're gonna make a mentor's guild there's not a, a single percentage of me that would think maybe we'll get be in it like <laughs> no point did i ever think that like it would be involved in that i know what we do and and you know how we're looked at there's no problem i i think it was more of just like whenever anything happens just a natural sense of this kind of like does there's just like that little backhanded like you just feel like you've just kind of got mm. that little backhanded slap. Yeah, we know yeah, we never just, get involved. It's, and it's a reminder that yeah, it's that a reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they, they it's little things like get why. we know why. We know there's, why. There's little things like like people won't reply to me on Twitter, and I'm like, you know, just give me a quick tweet back. Like that'd be all right. Mm. You know, it's like people just ignore me and they'll like kind of push me away, and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, sure, I kind of get it, I guess, but like, it's a bit sad. And if, but I also think there is a. I just like. Like we're talking you right now, Luma. I just love better dis- discourse between us, whether it's publicly or privately, with people, mm-hmm. certain people within Ubisoft to understand, like, look, you may not like us, but the reality is, yeah, we're always real, but we're just exaggerated. Not James, mm. I, 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 I know James pretty damn well at this point. After three years now, this is the three. This podcast is actually the three year anniversary of the podcast. Oh, nice. Uh, oh shit it is oh it's awesome yeah i just remember that um and the you know the reality is james is a super nice guy he's just but he's almost a character the the brand has become a character and we are entertainers and we do stupid shit and we talk way too much shit that we should but that's that is the reason we built the audience so we just kind of you you steer into it but the audience came from us just you know our biggest, <laughs> our biggest podcast that we've ever done are with James, myself, George, uh, Longhead Fox, and Ethan Fishy. Like just the four of us, just talking mad shit for three hours. By far the biggest downloads we've ever had on the podcast. More than with <laughs> any Ubisoft people, Victoria Atkin from Sassarit Syndicate. It's just yeah. the four of us talking mad shit, having a laugh, just having a you know friends having a good time. So in a sense, like that is yeah. kind of our brand. Um, so we. I just wanted to clear that up. Like, don't get me wrong. I know when we didn't expect to be involved. There is just that little bit of, we're just not sure. We worry. We always get defensive. Like, are they trying to censor us? I don't think they are, but you always just, as soon as you hear there's a mentor, you're like, "Mm, what are they trying to do to us? What does that mean for us specifically? We're being selfish here when we talk about this. Mm, Yeah. I, I don't think you should really read into that any further than just, I, I don't think they're actively trying to do anything for you. Uh, no, like I, I know, I know, what, you say, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I also totally get the uh, like I, I totally understand, and I can see like the whole playing up the performance aspect. But it's like I said earlier, it's it's kind of a case of like you can't really use that as an excuse, right? Because uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is what you choose to do. And I don't know. One of my, I th I thought one of the best quotes in Batman Begins is the fact that like it's not who you are underneath, but it's what you do that defines you. And it's really true. Like to other people, you can like. Uh, I'm trying not to invoke any politics here. Um, like, <laughs> you can say whatever you want about who you are as a person, but your actions are always going to really define yeah, who true. you are to other people. And um, yeah, so I, it's also um, like when you talk about which we've had Ethan, to accept, which we've had to accept because yeah, it's not it like it's not like I we ever sit here and make excuses like we're playing up. This is the first time I've ever really said that. You know, we never ever make an we <laughs> yeah, never true. Make and that's excuse. the thing is that's that's for the like I mean my whole argument against it was because the community was uh, like that when it got announced I got so many people messaging me talking about it and I was like I'm not gonna make a video on this like I don't need to but so I yeah. like so many people. Ask me to, I'm like, okay, I, I guess I just will go for it because so many people agree with what I said, and, I, and like, no one agrees with what I say, so um, I just kind of <laughs> had to go for it. But like, it's like, like I say, it's not like I was saying this is bad and I should be part of it. I'm just saying, you know, for the community, not necessarily for me, because I don't ever think I should be part of you know anything. Not sure. and like I've said before, like with people saying, oh, you should be a star player. I'm like, I don't want to be a star player. Like, I won't ever be, but I also don't want to be just because. I don't know, I guess it's just not who I am. It's just one of them things where it's just a bit weird. And, like, I don't know. It wouldn't fit with me being a star player. It'd be really weird. So, you know, it's those kind sure. of things. Yeah. And, um, and, and totally, uh, you know, playing up, like, kind of your personality, like, exaggerating your personality in, in, is honestly par for the course in YouTube and Twitch land. Like, mm. pretty much everyone does it in one way or another, usually. Yeah, sure. It's just how it is. <laughs> and so I totally get mm. it. Um... But, like, so I, I guess going back a little bit earlier to stuff like, um, you mentioned Ethan, and unfortunately I'm not too familiar, I think. Is that EJ Woodgates, I guess? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Fishy. Well, he changed okay. his name so, every, every other every, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> never keep up, it's, it's all right. Yeah, so it's hard for me to, to talk about, like, uh, or to kind of theorize about situations like that, because you say, like, he's, like, never really done anything bad. But, I mean, I think my argument for the program kind of would speak to kind of the broader scenario of this is like I think it's a thing worth pursuing I think it's worth doing and I think people are gonna like it's gonna you're guaranteed that you're not gonna be able to pick just 10 people and have everybody happy with exactly that group of 10 people mm -hmm. and it's entirely possible I think that someone like Ethan could totally come in at a later time right they're looking to expand it beyond 10 people bringing more people you have to also remember that in the category of people who make youtube videos which is kind of mostly the people that we know and uh that we think about mm -hmm. uh, when we're talking about mentors those only make two make up two of the 10 slots that they have for mentors in there it's literally just taken up by um clement clement uh white 24 room from ac universe yeah and sinfully riddling who's a twitch streamer and yeah. like literally those are the only two YouTubers slash streamers that they have right now. And so it's totally possible that they could broaden it as well. Um, but there's also, I, I think the other argument I, I would want to make is that I think they've actually done a really good job of picking the right people to start with. Do I think it's like the it's 10 most, group. yeah, yeah, a diverse yeah, yeah. group, but also like the people themselves. Um, I know a lot of them, like I, 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 
do I think it's like the exact 10, pure 10 best, absolute 100% 10 best people they could have picked for the role? Probably not, but I think everybody, I don't think anybody will agree to that, but I don't think not, I don't think that should stop them from trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sure. the other thing I would point out is that I know that there's been a little bit of um, uh, disgruntlement, uh, like with you guys in your audience and like some other people as well. To be like, like we haven't even heard of like most of these people, and I totally get that. And part of it is like I said, because eighty percent of the group is not involved with like the YouTube community, um, which is where you guys are based, right? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time. Like, just because you haven't heard of someone doesn't mean that they aren't perfect for their role. And some of these people, like, I could go down the list, but, like, just as an example, um, Sima Philip uh, represents the Assassin's Creed wiki. He's the head of the wiki. He was actually one of my guests on my very first podcast that I ever hosted myself. Mm -hmm. It was a discussion of the Lost Archive DLC for Assassin's Creed Revelations, which had just come out, Ooh, yes. like, back yeah, yeah, in 2012. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, he was on there, and the dude is... Like I've known him since then, and he is a walking. He is yeah, basically he's a walking encyclopedia. He is an anthropomorphic like Assassin's yeah. Creed encyclopedia. Like yeah, he course. is absolutely someone that you want to have representing the community and being able to like talk with the devs about the lore, what's oh, going sure. right, what's going wrong, everything I... like that. All these other people, like people, like you, you bring up like the cosplayers and the cosplay. I think one of the things you have to understand about the group too is that it's not meant to be. We need 10 people with the largest audiences. There are a couple people in there who were brought in, probably mostly the video creators and the content creators. Those people are brought in at least partially, I think, because of their audiences, it's true, to help like disseminate uh, you know, messages and content from Ubisoft. But I think the majority of people in that group are not necessarily there because they have large followings. And it's because um, each each of these things has a different role. And so, you know, the role of a cosplayer in there is to make sure that the needs of the cosplay community are uh, communicated directly to Ubisoft. And so they can make sure that corner, which is an important corner of the Assassin's Creed community, is being met. And then you have other people like Colpreet, who I met at uh, the Assassin's Creed Unity launch. She was with me in Montreal, who was awesome and just like really... Uh, like she does cosplay but she's also just a really enthusiastic fan and she's got a really magnetic personality she's great on camera and she and alex are the quote-unquote reporters like they're that's their role uh in the in the mentors guild and if you watch the e3 wrap-up video that's on the ubisoft youtube channel you'll see them hosting and doing a really damn good job if i'm being honest like they do a really good job of hosting this wrap-up video, kind of taking you through the Ubisoft booth, uh, the press conference, and everything. And so it's, I, I think, I think the way that they rolled this out was really, unfortunately, not done very well. In addition to the naming problem that I discussed earlier, but also in communicating, um, they they released like a list of the five different groups and the two people within each group, and it explains kind of like what everybody's role is uh, in the mentors guild. And I think that goes a long way towards um, kind of making sense of things for people who are like, why are there all these people like I haven't heard of? Like, what are they there for? Like, what are they doing? And so it's a little bit of a shame, but I think things make a bit more sense once you see that list and you understand the people involved. I think I, I had known probably about seven out of the 10 mentors 
before I went to E3. And then when I was at E3, I met pretty much everybody. And I can vouch for pretty much every single one of them is just perfect for um, their position that Ubisoft has given them. And that's not to say that there aren't other people out there who also would have been perfect or maybe even slightly better in like in a case or two or something, maybe, but that's all just subjective opinion anyway. But like, um, I think, yeah, I don't know if there's much more I wanted to say on that, but it was just another part of, uh, the, of kind of like the, the negative feedback I had heard from like you and like your audience and other people as well that I thought might just, might just be like a kind of miscommunication thing more than like a fundamental opposition. Yeah, this is why. This is this is why you're the Godfather, though, is because you can come to the, to, as you said, the reverent side of the community and kind of be like, guys, guys, calm down. And we're like, oh shit, sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, but also, you know, speak not, you know, like you said, you're not speaking for anybody, but kind of give, you know, various perspectives on, you know, make people think. It's like, a, I've met them, trust me, you know, this, this, and that. And I, the way you explained it with. Uh, you know, maybe it wasn't the best way it was rolled out. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's transparency. And in this day and age, all audiences and communities want is transparency. And I think that's uh, that's such a great part. I think what I'm happy to boost up about ourselves is what our podcast does and our side of the community does is we're always maybe a bit too much so sometimes um, the things you talk about in terms of transparency and just will say anything. And, you know, sometimes that's to our own detriment, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so people just really wanted to just have all the information right out at once as soon as that was rolled out. So yeah. I think that was kind of the only uh, real uh, stitch up, I guess, with that. But Nick, you've been super quiet. Yeah, sorry. I know I've been rambling a lot, but totally happy oh, no, it's, to it's pass been the awesome. baton here. <laughs> it's been awesome. I was, I'm just worried. I'm like, Nick, are you, are you still there? I actually did go away for some time, but I am back. Yeah, I thought so. I was like, for sure, he's going to like walk up and be like, what the fuck is this? Um, Nick, I want to hear from you. Is there anything? Dude, I don't have anything to add. You really don't? Really, you've got nothing. you got nothing for me. Like, I had a list of things I wanted to say, and you guys covered every single one. Is there? <laughs> so. Is there anything? So, okay, wow. Uh, there's nothing. You got nothing. Okay. Um, Dude, like actually no. <laughs> like it's, it's like, I can see what they're trying to do. The name of course is a flaw, like, but they're trying to bridge all of the community and bring different sides of the community together as well as bring the community closer together and bring the community with closer together with Ubisoft as well. I can see what they're trying to do. It's obvious to me. I can see how it's a noble effort. I can see how they depending on how they handle it. It could go awry, um, yeah. but I understand why they're doing it. I can see the benefits of it because I've experienced those some of the benefits of being closer with Ubisoft and as part of a community myself. Um, but I can see how being closer with Ubisoft also brings in restrictions. Um, yeah. yeah, and they, I think that the best way, I think that the best way that they could say solve most of the problems I've seen that you guys have listed wherein they feel like they're excluding people and stuff like that. I think the best thing that they can do would be to be extremely generous with who they make a member of the Mentors Guild to try and cover everybody, even though they will never, ever cover everybody um, and make everyone feel represented. I think that um, just being really generous and trying to give out as many as possible that they can handle and make it still feasible 
Um, I don't think a voting thing. I've seen a few people suggest that communities should vote to make people them, which I think is just an awful idea and would lead to being like a popularity contest. Um, and how would you even organize a vote at that scale and make sure it wasn't rigged in any shape or manner? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's pros and cons to the whole thing. I got a question for both yeah. of you, which is, well, I got two big questions, but I'll, the last one I'll, I'll leave to the end. Um, but one of them is just the sense of, it's kind of, whenever I talk to you, Luma, I, I get these these memories of like when I first became involved in the Assassin's Creed community, which was really just watching the Assassin's Den podcast, you know, and mm. and people people like you and Esco and Squiddish and, and Shenmue and stuff like that back in the day when multiplayer yeah. was really big. Like that yeah, was yeah. how, that's how I first started watching the, the community. And to me, it was so accessible that it like, it was so inspiring for me. That's why I started doing YouTube watching you guys. I was like, this is something like, I think I could do. I think I could bring something. I think I, it'd be an awesome time. And it's not something like, seeing you guys talk to people within you I'm like that's actually it's a it's possible to do it's actually something that can be mm. done and I just wonder and question that when I see things like the mentors guild happen and stuff like that for people that aren't us for people that are new or are watching us right now thinking oh I'd love to make assassins creed youtube videos or podcasts or something them almost feel like it's almost too hard to get to that level. You know what I mean? Like mm. there is an exclusivity to it. And my thing is with my biggest thing never was about James being in the mentors guild or definitely for sure, not myself, Jesus. Um, uh, but like anyone within our community, it was more just like, uh, I just wanted to have someone I've been around for a long time I have people I trust. I just would have liked to have seen if you were in there, Luma, or Brett was in there. I would have been like, "This is someone I know that, like, I know I can have communications with." Because I honestly believe there's not a single person that ten that maybe White Room. I, I don't really know him, but that would really want to talk to me or James. That's more of my. Like, I talked to White Room. They wouldn't even want. Yeah, you talked to White Room. I He's don't a know him. Sweet lad. Mm. Like um, that's just that was a partly my concern was like I'm just like I don't think any of these people would want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Other community members maybe, but like, they'd be like that's a kill kind of club guy. I don't want to even talk to him. At least like I know I could have an open whether you know we're we're on the same page or agree or disagree. We can have a really fun open discourse with the, with the four of us as well as someone like Brett. That's all I mm. really want to have at any point within the community. I think I've been around long enough to at least have that. Yeah, well, I don't think they're they don't have any restrictions on who they can and can't talk with. Uh, I get what you're saying about being concerned about any new people coming in, uh, and them possibly seeing it as kind of like an exclusive club, uh, yes. and that kind of turning it off from them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't want to give the impression that I have zero like it's all I'm, all I'm all positive about the mentors guild and I don't have any concerns but most of what I have are just concerns as in these are ways it's because because it's so early in the mentors guild it's like these are ways things could go wrong right yeah, of if course. they start if it's they all start hypothetical yeah but it's like if they start really just giving like exclusive content to like people who are in the guild and not anyone yeah. else or like really propping them and promoting those people more than anyone else or just giving it or if they do actually start to promote an air of this group of people like 
is better than you and like you need to respect them and like you can't talk to us directly you need to go through them like those are all things like i'd be concerned about but with respect to what you were saying about any a new person coming in i think you can look at it from both ways um and it's just going to largely be dictated by how Ubisoft themselves handles the group. But, you know, it's easy to see them handling it one way where it does appear to be an exclusive group and it's all politics and like it turns people off from wanting to do it. But if they handle it right, um, it's actually supposed. And the good news is the right way to handle it is the way that everything they've been saying is how they plan to do it, Mm -hmm. is that you look at these people and they're uh, in the mentors guild and their purpose is twofold. So people would come in, see someone like White 24 Room, like making these cool videos and be like, oh my God, I would love to do something similar like what this guy's doing. And if I do it well enough, I'll actually be welcomed into this, like uh, like it's possible for me. Because you have to remember, they're going to be expanding the group as well, right? Bringing Mm -hmm. in new members. I could one day like get to do all this cool stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but but the other aspect of it is you have to remember that there's actually a very large expectation of responsibility on the people who are in the Mentors Guild to share things from their respective communities and to help out people who are starting out in new communities. And this is actually potentially a really cool thing that could happen because it gives you an easy point of contact on who to get in touch with if you're someone who's starting out and you have questions about um, what to do. So if like all of a sudden one day they finally decide to make a half Asian assassin in one of these games and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to cosplay the shit out of that. Like I already (laughs) know exactly, like I know two people uh, that I could very, like right now that I could go to who have direct contact with Ubisoft that I could say, like, hey, I'm really interested in uh, getting started in cosplaying. Like, what can you can you give me some reference material or like point me to some guides? And these people can kind of be kind of the shepherds of various uh, parts of the community for people who are just starting out or wants or who need help. And I think that's a big part of the Mentors Guild that has gotten again lost in this kind of really brief statement that they just released that didn't really go into detail. Um, about like what the community is about but that's actually i think a big part of the mentors guild is to help out new people to share um things within your respective communities and across the broader assassin's creed community and uh i think that would go at least for me because i've you know i've thought of the same things like you have about concerns about it but for me that goes a long way um, in alleviating those those concerns that I would have about something like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think that one of the things, though, is that, oh, like, I get, like, I do get it. And I think that it's a little bit strange, though, that Ubisoft's, in a, in a sense, choosing, like, this is who you'd look to for that, rather than the community finding the community. Like Tyler said, the way that he found, like, you and other people that were in the multiplayer community and going, oh, I want to be like this guy, like... Whereas nowadays, it would be like Tyler would come into the community, like little Tyler, and he looks to Ubisoft, <laughs> and, you know... First of all, I was never that little, but thanks, James. I appreciate <laughs> but, like, you'd see the Mentors Guild, and uh, you'd be like, oh, well, now I'm, like, looking towards the Mentors Guild rather than the community as a whole. Because I think that when you see the community, you're like... Because, I mean, I mean, 
look newcomers to the community are mostly going to be going through you know people they see through youtube like that's i think that's a large portion of the community and i'm i well i don't know where this was going um i did have a point but fucking lost that um I got a, I yeah, got a but, question. But see, I don't, I don't see it. That, uh, sorry, do you want me to go like, ahead or do you want to... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is important. Oh, I'll just real quick, yeah. the, I, mm -hmm. I guess I just disagree. I don't really see it that way. It's mm -hmm. similar to what I said before about how this is kind of just one more avenue for yeah, things. Yeah. Obviously, if anybody... Um, like, there are going to be a ton of people who come into this community through you guys. And they're not all of a sudden... There's nothing that's going to stop them from stop looking that. up yeah. to you guys yeah, and yeah, still... Yeah. Holding you guys as the inspiration I, for. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, 100% don't do that. Um, but sure. Yeah, but it's you have to think of it not as replacing any existing um, like avenues, but as like as an additional avenue, where uh, you know if somebody is a little lost, uh, someone can easily point them. You know, somebody could e just as easily point them to if you're just getting into cosplaying, somebody could just as easily point them to someone like Rick Bauer. Who is like you know does these amazing Assassin's Creed cosplays, or he could point them to say like, hey, we also have this mentor. There's also this mentors guild with two people who are actually dedicated to helping out like new hmm. people or people that have questions that need to sure, talk to yeah, Ubisoft. Yeah, sure. And that's and that's kind of like another hmm. option that uh, hasn't. It either hasn't really been there before, or it hasn't really been obvious. Hmm. Um, and I think if Ubisoft does a good job in the future of communicating that this is the role of the one of the major roles of the mentors is to foster their respective communities and help people out, then I think that's just pretty much almost purely a good thing. And it doesn't preclude using any other uh, older, you know, pre-mentors guild ways of finding people to look up to, getting help, um, anything like that. That's my perspective on it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the thing is, I think the way I looked at it, which was probably wrong, I think that's the way everyone looked at it, was th this, this is solely in place as a way of com the community interacting with Ubisoft. And I guess that's not the case at all. That's just one of the ways that it could be used. And there's multiple other ways, and there's multiple ways it could go wrong, but it could also be used in a good way as well. So if you look at it in the way that yeah. these people are here for a bunch of possible different roles within the community to help people out or to, you know, interact with Ubisoft or be this gateway or whatever they are. Um, yeah. It can definitely be seen in a positive way. So, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah, right. and I mean, it, oh, I was just going to say, and it's I think it's totally, I don't think there's an exclusive gateway to how they get feedback either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would honestly not be surprised at all if there were several development members who actually listen to the, the like, Kill Connor podcast regularly. I really and it's hope like not. For, <laughs> but like you know like for developers and stuff this is just a nice official way to get feedback and everything but it's clearly like you know ash and uh, well i was <laughs> i don't want to bring up darby again because it makes everyone sad but like you know they're really <laughs> like so like they'll, they'll go out and read the subreddit themselves they'll go into the forums themselves they'll watch yeah. twitter they'll read tweets people will tweet at them directly they'll read them reply to them and everything and so it's just uh, I, I totally understand, especially with the way this was rolled out, how a lot of these things, but I think in most of the cases with these concerns, you have to kind of step back and uh, uh, look at the bigger picture and realize that it's, and uh, realize that Ubisoft's not trying to replace anything that's already there. It's just trying to do something new and cool that I personally think is the idea is worth pursuing. And I think that the 
people that they chose to start are all great and wonderful. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. All right. I, I, I want to, we've been talking about this a long time. I really want to get into talking about Assassin's Creed Origins with you guys um, and your perspectives on it. But before we do, just to kind of wrap up this discussion of the mental skill, I got a question, which, I mean, we've talked about the fact that there's been different iterations, right, over time of, of mm-hmm. community groups or like the involvement groups or like the, the initiates network was one and there was a it's been a lot the council do, we, do you guys remember the council, the council. Oh, yeah. that lasted, that, that, that lasted about that lasted about a, a total of seven days um, oh man but you remember like one of the things about the council was like hey if you do uh that it was a much more like almost kind of democratic thing like almost like what you guys were thinking of sure like where it was, but... it's like if if you get like a ton of upvotes all the time and you like prove Reddit. yourself like in this yeah in this in this reddit-esque thing we've created like you they, they literally said like we could you could be brought to like ubisoft montreal or mm. whatever and i think the absolute like complete <laughs> failure of like because that thing was just like a shit show from the start and never really <laughs> like i i think i i think you can i, I think them kind of approaching the mentors guild the way they did after that was probably the right way <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah sure. um, you could you could probably see that it probably influenced all of their thinking on that but sorry i didn't mean to go off on such a tangent but i no, just no. want to make sure we were talking talking about that too yes exactly. not just initiates yeah, no, no exactly right because there's, there's yeah there's been so many now at this point do yeah. do we really see this lasting do we really see this working? Potentially. Will this last more than 24 hours, i.e. the Assassin's Creed Council? Like, I think that it is definitely meant to be a foundation. Uh, they mm. they obviously have expansion in mind and building it, and so we'll see how they handle it at future conferences, how they handle it after release, how they handle it at release as well. Um, and how quickly they expand it, because I think they're going to need to do stuff with it quite quickly, otherwise people forget, and then when it comes back, people are going to be like, what was that again? And people will care even less, and it's going to cause a death spiral if they, for it, if they don't support it continually over the next six months to next year. This is going to be a lot of work. If this is if this going to work, it's going to take so much work to really... You keep know, it going yeah i think keep, that well, i mean to me it's just it looks like it could possibly end up being something that continues but maybe takes more of a back seat than what they've been doing currently because i mean like you said it's going to be a lot of work and whether it's something they keep pushing continually who knows but i think i think, it's, I think it will stay team, in some form i think the community team are ready for that for the amount of work though they did a lot of restructuring the last year or two while we've had the downtime without an AC game, and they did the community team did a lot of restructuring. I think that they have prepared for this, and they have this goal in mind for the Mentors Guild working. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do focus on it and make it work. I, I think one of the big advantages that this program has over the other ones that will help it stay around longer is to a large part, um, and they've said this to the mentors themselves, like it kind of basically just largely requires the mentors doing what they're already doing because you've taken like a lot of people who already have established themselves and who um, kind of stood out uh, because they were already doing a lot of things for the community so in essence that takes a lot of um, I mean Ubisoft still has 
a lot to do for the program, but it does take off the heavy lifting in terms of needing to filter out the people who are actually going to be engaged and who are actually going to be enthusiastic about doing stuff uh, like for this program, right? Because by definition, like they got in because they were already that. Whereas some of these other programs that they've had in the past, um, like the council or initiates, I think kind of flopped a little bit. In, well, I mean, initiates was also a, a little bit broader in its goals, but um, like the council is kind of like, okay, prove yourself to us uh, first, and then like we'll take it from there. And I think that was not quite the right approach, especially on like a new platform. Uh, it's, <laughs> especially on the new platform and it was easily spammable and gamed and like just all is just uh, uh yeah, that's the council mess. was oh, ridiculous it was, it was a, it was a huge mess and i was as soon as i saw it i was like Ugh. but you know i see the mentors guild and i'm like the rollout is kind of uh but i think the core idea is solid and like i said worth pursuing and everything i've heard from like their goals for it i think makes me a lot more optimistic that it, it'll succeed in some fashion or another. And, you know, worst case is that, you know, it disbands, but you still have, it's not like if they disband, like AC universe is going to stop posting videos or like, you know, the cosplay yeah. people are going to stop cosplaying or anything like that. So I think it's, there's not like, it's not going to be a huge deal if it fails either, but I think it's much less likely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wish him, I hope it doesn't like, obviously don't want it to uh, wish him nothing but the best or anything. Um, uh, with that, and hopefully it works really well, and we're totally wrong, like James and mm. Maya kind of worries about it, and that yeah, it just it just runs super smooth. Obviously, yeah. that's that's what we want to happen. We never wish like anything to be to to go wrong or anything like mm. that. Um, hashtag we have a Vendi, no big deal. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, hey guys, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm I'm not. Just, <laughs> I'm not. Um, no, but uh, I would love now to talk about Origins because I know we've had Way. Nick on the podcast heaps over the past couple couple years, and Luma, we've we've known you've known about this game for so long. We've been waiting. <laughs> James and I have been talking about it constantly. Every other episode, we're like. When this game comes out, we can finally talk to Luma about it and get him back on. <laughs> thoughts on it? Because until then, we're just like, oh, he'll, he'll just be like, he'll just say to us, oh, you know, that might be where it is. Shut up. You know exactly where it is. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't, there's not a whole lot about Origins that I, oh, okay. So yeah, there's not a whole lot about Origins that I know that most people don't know, with the big exception of the fact that I have seen the modern day. And Holy Whoa, I'm sorry. What? Holy shit. You can't just drop that. You can't just... And I wasn't supposed to see it. You are. And I can't, literally would not say anything about it. No, of course <laughs> That is the one humongous exception. But other than that... <laughs> oh, God. You can't just... Give us a really, that. really, really and ambiguous statement about it. You will get absolutely nothing out of me <laughs> because I'm pretty sure the Ubisoft snipers would immediately end this conversation. Oh They've got the Skype call hacked. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, at least we know um, although okay. you know the the other cool thing about Origins is, uh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I can tell this story because it's like just old uh, news at this point. But okay. my fun introduction to origins was i uh, when i went to ubisoft montreal in 2014 for the ages ago, yeah. 
yeah, Assassin's Creed Unity mm. stuff. And that's when I first found out about it and heard about it. And like I got and I chatted with Darby about it. And this was back when Darby was writing Origins. Oh, so you were like, writing, writing Origins. Origins. Yes, I oh, yeah. thought so. Oh, that's what, Darby, we, yeah, that's we, what thought, we gathered yeah. from you. And then from what Nick has told us about meeting Darby. I was like, so, I, Darby 100% was on this and now it's not on this. Which I don't know if we should have mentioned that, Loma. I don't know if we can I don't think, No, no, I don't think it's... <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm on a list of a awesome place with Ubisoft than you are, so I'm a little more careful because they don't give a shit what you do. If, like, um, wow, that sounds really wrong. I mean, they don't care if you spill the beans on small stuff, but they would care if I did, I think. I don't oh, yeah, think... no. And... No, I don't, I don't think that's... that's a big deal. <laughs> I mean... Fine. No, I mean, I'm pretty I... much everyone knew he was working on it. I mean, right? like, what and are they going to do if yeah. everyone finds that out? Like, it's rest of the Black Flag team, so we can, like, kind of... Everyone gathers. It was meant to be Darby. I Whether mean, he started writing it or not, we, we I think pretty much everyone was certain it was meant to be Darby writing it. Well, like, yeah, we don't I know mean, what was, happened, you know? It was, the, know, black, no it was the Black Flag team. It was, you know, all the principal people involved with that. and All the best still people mostly, involved in Assassin's Creed. I mean, it's still mostly the Black Flag team. It's... Just yeah. kind of minus Darby at some point. Do we know what happened with Darby? Is that public knowledge or is that? Uh, okay, so something like that is something that I would not. Uh, so for you know, starters, for starters, I don't know you don't details, know but I okay. also the details I do know I would not. Uh, Does he work? Can I can I ask this basic basic public knowledge question? Does he he still work for Ubisoft yet? He does. Right? Darby he, still, he still works for Ubisoft. He's gotten okay. a promotion of sorts. He's a narrative director oh, now. And he is not working on Assassin's Creed. That's all public knowledge. Oh, okay, yes. that's all okay. I wanted that's to right. know, just so I had the public yeah. information in my mind. So, uh, yeah, yeah I don't know what he's working on. I am super excited. Um, oh, yeah, of course. I know, I, I know that he's really excited to be working on what he's working on, so whenever it comes out, I'm totally on board. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever Doc oh, is working on, yeah. I'm going to play, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, but... his, his writing's phenomenal. I'm just... I just hope there's enough of what he did in Origins to kind of like that it's been influenced. Like that game, uh, at least has a touch of a touch a of touch Darby. Of Darby yeah. So I I believe that that is the case. That oh, there are hope. some still like broader concepts I believe that um, originated with Darby, but like the dialogue, for example, is. Mm -hmm. I not would his. not expect to be Darby's. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that yeah, I think sure. that's what mm. you can expect. And maybe one day, uh, if I don't know, maybe one day I'll be able to convince Darby to talk publicly a little bit about it. But I doubt it. <laughs> but that'd he's be such cool, a but... he's such a secretive man. It's just he ridiculous. Is. Yeah, I know he's super secretive about. Um, like yeah, even with like me and stuff, he'll always make sure he's like, you signed an NDA, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was talking to you, when you first saw Origins three years ago, now what was that like, and what did it look like in comparison to yeah, what? Yeah, give it's us the comparison. Oh, like, so yeah. I did, oh, so I didn't really see much of Origins. It was just cool, like trivia stuff. Like literally on his screen, he was typing up sequence one, like of oh. the story. And stuff like that is just really cool. I I saw elsewhere. I saw like a map of like the area that they were going to cover, and the idea, you know, I was introduced to the idea that like you can travel like from here to here. Like this map is going to be absolutely massive, and you know that's something that that's three years later has has borne out. You know, it's they kind of realized their vision on that and everything. So and sorry, I wasn't trying to make this like a big thing. I really didn't see or hear much at all just beyond the, the setting and kind of the What ideas. was your reaction though when they were telling you they're like, it's in Egypt? You're like, oh shit. Like what what I was, was like, oh that's to? awesome. 
Well, because everybody's always wanted Egypt, and yeah, so it it, it, mm. it was probably the same reaction as if they had said like, uh, you know, Japan. I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's, yeah. Those we've were been like waiting for it. Let's do it. The fans <laughs> and, and have always said, yeah. Definitely a far better reaction than to guys. With next year, we're going to Victoria in London. Oh, cool. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Jesus Christ! That really? Was okay. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We got to actually. We actually, when I was on that trip, we got to see the trailer that sorry the target gameplay footage that would later leak to kotaku and that they published screenshots and stuff from of syndicate so we, oh, of, okay. of, yeah what was victory at the time yeah i want to see that gameplay name. i want to see that target gameplay because i'm really was, interested in what that looked like it was late we saw it we didn't see the game no we saw the screenshots no, the, just screenshots oh, kotaku got right. the video as far as I know, they got the video, but they only never showed the, the video though. Never I want to see that video. video. I'd be really interested because I, I really, really like the I like the AC3 target gameplay. That was interesting to look at. So to be it'd be Syndicate's interesting to see. a little closer, but like hmm. the the rope launcher was almost like a grapple hook. Yeah, like, like, a, like he was like swinging. Like swing. yeah. yeah, he was like swinging off ends. That was kind of weird and stuff. But hmm. other than that, I think it was a little closer than AC3 is was. But this, this is all like just like cool stuff I got to see that. You too can see if you become a mentor, maybe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, well something that, I mean, yeah, what, what were you saying? What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just gonna, I was just trying to bring it back. It was a little bit of a tangent on Origins. Oh, right. were... I, was, see, I was gonna ask, because you were talking about, you know, how you got to see um, early on in, like, 2014, Nick, you went to you got to see some stuff, right? When you got to, you uh, got yeah. to in twenty fifteen, can you talk anything about that? Because that that'd be interesting to hear about. You know what origins looked like back then. I don't recall exactly what my NDA said, so I, but everything I saw has been revealed now. So yeah, I so it be a huge it's issue. fine to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, yeah, um, I was in Montreal for the Assassin's Creed Syndicate launch and a part of the community live stream thing that they were doing. Mm, yeah, so it was me and two other community members. Um, that were there as um, guests and stuff. And we got the full Ubisoft tour early on in the day, um, skipping over the floors that were working on something top secret. Like we passed by Far Cry Studio, but we couldn't go in to look at them because they worked on Primal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one floor was entirely off limits. I don't know what that was. I don't know if it's been revealed yet or anything, but they're just like, we can't go there because nothing on that floor has been announced yet. Um, and we okay. went to the outside like just before the Assassin's Creed offices, because I'm pretty sure the Assassin's Creed's on the top floor, I think? Close to it. And like, there's... It depends. They they move floors depending on, like the bottom floor okay. is always the next game that's coming out. So right oh, okay. now, the Origins team would be on like the bottom floor, basically. That's interesting. And then that's it cool. kind of moves up from there, yeah. Well, yeah. That's my understanding. It's like, uh, anyway. it's like this kind of like little cafe, just kind of eating area just before you enter into the actual offices where everyone's desks and computers are. So we went up there for the first time early on the day. And then mm-hmm. we went down back downstairs and we did the live stream and stuff. And um, then we, um, uh, and then after the live stream, we went back up because like the community team, they said, said the guy said that they had a surprise for us. And this was just as everyone was leaving because it was like six o'clock at night by this point. And um, Ash was like, we were kind of walking towards the offices and um, Ash of Ismail was walking out. And so the community guys were like, these are um, community members. They were just on the live stream. And uh, we're going to go show them what's up. And so Ash was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And so he was talking to us for a bit. And he came with us to show us what was up. 
and um, Rafael Acosta was also heading out at the time, and mm-hmm. so was Derby. And so we um, got to talk to those guys, and they were all very excited about what we were about to see. And they took us in, and the first thing we noticed was the um, concept art all over the walls of this yeah. Arabic-looking Egypt. character riding on horse is the main thing with an eagle flying beside him stuff like mm-hmm. that on the walls and um i didn't quite pick up on exactly where it could be but i was like mm, okay and then <laughs> uh, ash and darby were getting significantly more excited as we came to this console that was set up you know, basically in the middle of the room with a whiteboard next to it and um ash turned it on and all three of us were getting like, super excited and uh he turned it on and he played through a very very early build of the open world okay um which is very cool and he showed us alexandria and a very very early alexandria and the pyramids and we saw him fly around a little bit just like using the debug mode i'm not saying you can fly in origins but he used <laughs> the, like, can fly confirmed he with the flappy up. arms yes with the flappy arms and the legs up. Um, yeah yeah and he just kind of flew around the map just to show us what kind of size it was and we saw a few like layouts for future cities that they were going to build and stuff that's cool so it was pretty cool. how, yeah. how similar so did it look ideas. to current origins it looked nothing like current origins did it look yeah. was it like like what what did it like so it was yeah okay so nothing like it it was way more <laughs> like nothing. the buildings the buildings were very vaguely shaped mm-hmm. um they looked kind of like how you expect i don't know how i might expect ancient egypt to look me being not at all as creative as these guys and have done as much history it was much okay. less colorful um it looks very nothing at all like it does now like you can tell that they were just kind of in the planning stages still um and i didn't hear anything about the story of course but Darby was very excited to show us everything that he was working oh, on. I'm so sad he's not working on it anymore. Fuck, fuck, that I'm crushes so me. So sad. <laughs> that I love crushes that man. me. I basically, like... while I was watching Ash play around and stuff, I basically fainted. I mean, I met Darby, <laughs> and the only noise I could make was a high-pitched squeak. Yeah, you so said that, yeah. That gives you some kind of in- indication of what seeing the actual game my reaction would have been. Mm. Um, I was in awe, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I just Darby not being on it really like because to me the, my me. my biggest yeah I'm still I'm still genuinely upset right now um, because the biggest thing with me in Assassin's Creed that I had left was story and there's only one writer that's still there that I'm like I know is going to deliver whereas right now it's just up in the air with some guy that <laughs> hates hates YouTube apparently and hates YouTube like, <laughs> yeah oh I'm, my god oh my god yeah, I saw that. when that I re- when I retweeted yeah, that I no, quoted no. it and I, I, was, I, I was like making a joke and all of a sudden everyone started attacking him and I was like oh god no it was a joke I'm sorry he was, was a good really... sport about it, though. Oh god, yeah, he was he was alright, but Jesus Christ, I didn't mean for that to happen. Or, oh, like George I... retweeted him, and like Ethan did. And I'm like, guys, like I mean, he was part, like I mean, partially joking. Like I mean, I guess I I understand what he was saying, but like he was partially just having a joke, and so I had a joke as well. But then everyone started attacking him, and I was like, oh god, he got assaulted. Yeah, he it was bad. Assaulted. I was like, oh fucking oh, that's hell, too bad. I missed Last that time. Part. I, that. <laughs> I, um, well, I mean, I think. You know, definitely give him a chance. Yeah, Darby was a writer the to the time. series at one point. Um, yeah, and yeah. the other thing to note is that the structure, and Ash talked about this uh, in the interview I did with him at E3, mm-hmm. but it's something I've, heard, I've, I've just also heard in general, is that the writing team structure for Origins is 
s- s- fairly different from previous games. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't really expect. Um, I think his name's Elaine. Elaine. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I don't think he occupies the traditional lead writer role, uh, as people like Corey and Jeffrey and Darby have in the past. Like it's not exactly playing out the same way. So it's really, really difficult to say anything about how the writing is actually going to end up. Um, but mm, okay. I don't know. I mean, everybody, everybody I've talked to who knows him, like speaks pretty, like pretty highly of him and like the work that the writing team's doing. So even though obviously I'm just as sad as you guys and everyone else to see Darby leave the franchise, I'm coming into it with an open mind. I, yeah. We'll see I mean, how it ends people, up. The same people that made Darby the lead writer on these games picked this guy. So clearly they saw something. Well, I mean, there was also the whole, there's someone that did, that worked for Ubisoft, I think he worked for Ubisoft, that, you know, kind of wrote the script for the movie and that gave me (laughs) cancer. (laughs) So, so, like... No, there's this the script for... Oh, the movie wasn't... Ubisoft hired them. Did, really? Is that how that went? Ubisoft, did Ubisoft hire the uh, dude who wrote the script for the movie? I should, I should oh, I... I feel sick. I feel sick when I bring up the movie. I don't know too much about how I mean, we're getting into the nitty works. How, yeah, because it was with Fox and stuff, so it's, it's, it's a lot it's, more Yeah, everything yeah. gets incredibly It was with Fox, but Ubisoft apparently had a lot of creative control, and so I'm sure they had some influence over who was uh. writing. And But, like, you know, it, it went through, like, three writers, I think. And I would say the person I, who wrote it, yeah. judging from the movie that I watched wasn't heavily like involved with assassin's creed because he clearly <laughs> did not understand what he was doing he was like oh this is the matrix 4 okay i actually still haven't seen the film and i consider that one of my greatest accomplishments in life yeah, yeah don't, don't say it don't say it congratulations um congratulations on celebrating ignorance yeah. <laughs> 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 what is that uh, what are you making a video and make an opinion. <laughs> I think, Sorry, I, think I was. I, <laughs> I don't mean to be I'm... that harsh. It's just sometimes when people brag about like not even seeing something. No, 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 I'm, I was also joking. I'm not, like, I'm not going about my life trying to avoid the film at all costs. I just haven't. You just it. haven't yeah. seen it. I mean, you can see it yeah, at some yeah. point. I mean, I'd <laughs> actually, I'd kind of recommend doing it. I don't I mean, buy it though. Like... Pirate it. No, I mean, don't pirate it. That's illegal. <laughs> but definitely pirate it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's on US Netflix now, so we can. Is it? Like this. Oh. It's this month. Okay, do that then. I actually really like the movie, I, I, but I, we do don't need know? to get into that. Do you, to be like fair, like, I, like I said, because I remember you were talking about how much you liked the movie, I was like, oh, sweet, like, uh, all of a sudden I kind of had hope, then I saw it, and, and all yeah, 40, 40 minutes ago, I, I wanted to fucking leave, <laughs> I, I was so insulted, but like, at the same time, I also said to James, because James says, but Luma loved it, I'm like, he did. He got. He went to the premiere. I'm like, you couldn't not love that movie. Like the experience you would have had. Like it's the way Luma went and saw that movie. How could you not uh, like? To be yeah, fair, but, but even with the high of actually being at the premiere and everything wearing off, like from that, like I still really. I think the things that are deal breakers for a lot of other people are not deal breakers for me. That's the thing. But like, so we could get got, to the like, nitty gritty if you want. I'm, I'm the worst end of the spectrum, to be fair. Even James liked the movie at first. Like, for me... I enjoyed I it when to, I watched it, I yeah. Wanted, I wanted to leave 40 minutes in. I, there was not... There's not a single mm. thing I liked about the movie. I thought it was a 1 out of 10 movie. I would give it a zero if I could. I like, would I, see the wow. thing is right with with, with the rating it. for the movie. I would agree with you when looking at it. Secondly, when I look at it and I look at each individual detail and I analyze it, I'm like, yeah, this movie is a piece of shit. But when I watch it as a movie, I'm like, see, see, that's the thing I think that's different between me and you is if the movie wasn't canon, 
I think it's fine. But being canon, it really bothers me. Because the main points that I think are really bad with the movie is the lore is just horrendous. I think it's just fucking yeah. stupid. It makes no sense. And it, the thing that, that, that fucking annoys me is the way they pronounce the word Rickin wrong. And I'm like, they've pronounced that in the game. So that's not how you pronounce his name. Like, how do you get that wrong? Like, just tell them you're pronouncing the name yeah. wrong. Let's do that again. That, that, that kind of thing makes me... Because you hear about how Ubisoft apparently had, like, a lot of creative control over that. But then, like, when they can't even get that corrected, it makes me question, like, how that all worked out. And I feel like it was maybe a little more not the best working relationship possibly i have absolutely no idea but like I'm, yeah yeah it's just yeah. that's so strange to me because isaiah emma was on the set like every like most of the days that they were shooting i feel like isaiah emma was there so i feel like he would have known i don't know i don't know yeah from what i, I mean, understand he I, talked I, about it didn't he on reddit in that uh ama he talked about yeah uh, the way that, that you know, it is. he said that it was oh it's like something that got lost in translation or something and I'm like well yeah but just just tell them they're wrong like what do you mean like yeah, don't make I, don't make excuses guess, just say yeah. sorry like you, we don't need I mean or maybe changing it would have been too much work or effort or something there's there's quite a few possibilities it's like sure there's like but like there's so many lore issues like the bleeding effect doesn't work how it works in the movie like you know How's Aguilar yeah, like yeah. let's be honest right so Agu so there's a point right where you're in this Abstergo building and Aguilar appears in front of Callum and it's like okay so it's like how Ezio appeared in front of Desmond but Desmond was in the Monteriggioni, like, villa, like, underneath in the catacombs. That's where Ezio was. That's why you could see him, because Ezio was there at one point. Whereas I don't think that Aguilar was ever 40 feet in the air above <laughs> Madrid, which is where Callum was in this Abstergo facility, because it's obviously a modern building that was relatively high in the air. I don't think Aguilar was they, ever just floating in the air like that. There is Altair they, they in also, Assassin's Creed 2. Altair shows up, you know what I mean? In And Desmond goes where? into an Altair memory outside of the Animus. You know, halfway through um, halfway through Assassin's Creed 2, Desmond goes into that Altair but, memory. But, that's true, and but he falls asleep and relives the memory rather no, than no, seeing... I, I, it's, I, I don't, that's not like seeing an illusion with the bleeding effect, is it? No, I I because in the movie every ancestor he's ever had showed up and started talking to him like they were there and i'm like, yeah, like that's not Arno's how it works. There that's not how the circle. force works <laughs> yeah, and, and aguilar yeah. would like shadow box with him too and that's pretty not weird, how yeah. that works either yeah. so that's not <laughs> memories callum had like been in the animals for five minutes then he was singing like a madman it's like yeah that didn't happen though did it like it took yeah like i definitely have a lot like i definitely have lot of issues with the movie but they aren't i think it's like i said like those things weren't as deal and i totally recognize that they were like that that's not how the bleeding effect works you know i i can totally go on about like stuff mm -hmm. like that but i guess they weren't for whatever reason i guess it's just because it's maybe i just had low expectations for video game adaptations but i was like you know yeah they got they changed some of these things and they got other parts wrong but like by and large like it was a team of really talented people who like really were engaged with wanting to make like a good uh, series that I think, especially in the historical sequences, succeeded in several ways. And I, yeah, my main so. point when I said I liked it was uh, was also to try to. I, I thought they deserved the chance to make a sequel and improve on what they had built on. They didn't um, that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was hoping people would see I it, could. but I guess yeah. Uh, I don't enough. know. I I I, th I I think it's I think people are overly harsh on it too. Like I think right now it's Rotten Tomatoes rating is like below almost every Transformers movie, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I think it's on no, par with those. And I know I Tyler. I, I know so. Tyler's like I give. I Tyler's like it's go negative, but like I'm like <laughs> give me a fucking break. Like just like <laughs> the sheer amount of like 
like, like that kind of shit like blows my mind. But obviously, this is all just subjective anyway. So it's but this, not yeah, yeah but of this course. Is the thing as well, like I, I get when when people hear someone as be as negative about it as I am, that it's like there's no way. And like most of them, I I get what you're saying because there's things that I've liked or I thought that I'm not bad. I'm like, no one hates it that much. They're just exaggerating. I promise you. I saw it before, like any of the, you know, my friends or James or any of our community saw it. I was straight onto it, and I had no opinions in my head. I hated it the same amount now as I did the second I saw it. As a, I mean, I, I, I am a, you know, a film student, a filmmaker. I, I hated it as a movie. Like as a filmmaker, I was watching it like I, breaking it down like a bloody movie hipster, like going like no i don't like this i don't like that i don't like that and then as a fan of assassin's creed i was also like so i felt like from both ends i was insulted i didn't like any of the acting other than jeremy irons it was when he finally started getting some scenes in there i'm like okay come on here we go um there was just i mean i've talked about this endlessly and i just yeah the movie there's nothing talking about the movie yeah there's there's honestly nothing. (laughs) (laughs) why are we still talking about this okay that's Um, fair uh, yeah. I mean, I did want I did want to bring up though the the whole like I think a thing that annoys me the most about the movie, and I mean like I think we talk about this now. Who fucking cares? Is the fact they killed um, Alan Rickon in the movie? Oh god, yeah, that was that bothers me <laughs> fucking hugely. If they hadn't done that, I can just let the movie exist in canon. It can just stay there. It can exist. But they killed the main fucking antagonist of the modern day. Like Alan Rickon's been there all over the was, place like he's this he's this guy that you know of like he's the ceo of fucking Apostogo industries they just fucking killed him in this shit movie <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> oh it bothered me know. so much and this, this guy callum lynch who's probably never gonna show up okay. again <laughs> that he did it what was the fuck was he doing oh god well, what to be fair, when they were making the movie i'm sure they were planning on having him show up a lot <laughs> but after the reception and the release what probably not think was gonna happen um, God damn it! Back, back, back to origins, though. <laughs> I, I want to bring up um, a topic from your new series, Luma uh, Illumination, mm. which mm. phenomenal name, by the way. Yeah. I love that name. Thanks. Um, I'm all about the punsies. Yeah, days. you've all got yeah. those like assassins read as well. That's another one. Yeah, I love. It. Someone else came up with that one for me, and I was like, I love that so much. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, so you brought up a topic that I really like. Maybe it's because I'm just kind of out of the loop for this game. Uh, than I have been for the past, you know, four or five years previously. With Origins, social stealth, uh, which was the topic of your first episode, to me, Mm. I was like, I don't know why no one's... I haven't even thought about it. And now I'm like, what the fuck's going on with social stealth now? I'm really Mm. worried about it. (laughs) That's because it's such a key element to Assassin's Creed that by going towards a more RPG style of you know like a witcher or horizon zero dawn where where does origins fit in with new current video games and where does it fit in with previous assassin's creeds without something as key as social stealth i i guess i've watched your video a couple of times luma i would like to see nick and james's opinions on uh the social stealth element kind of being non-existent really uh, in Assassin's Creed Origins, as far as from what we've seen of gameplay and footage and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not existent, isn't it? I think, Luma, you talked about that in the video, didn't you? <clears throat> Saying that it's it's pretty much yeah, not a game of blending. They, they haven't really... Um, 
they haven't really outright said that it's not in the game, but from like rumblings I hear and the way they I've, I think that they've kind of danced around it before or whatever and everything like I'm pretty sure it's not in the game. That's super disappointing. Which I mean, what, it's weird, isn't it? What does like, that I... What does that mean for the future of the franchise, though? Especially for mm. what this game stands for as the kind of origin story of the Creed. Yeah, well, I think they're just. Oh, yeah, that I don't know about the origin story for the Creed, but I mean, they could have just made a decision that they're going to lean more into this market that's you know, I guess, done well with Witcher and Horizon and kind of yeah, that's the view they take on evolving the series. But it's totally open mm. for um, you know another team in the future to come along and decide that this is going to be a priority for our setting and our game mm. um and not ruling out the, that it might somehow work its way into origins maybe some people brought up maybe it happens at the very end or something is i'm not betting money on it but yeah. nobody like mm. none of us know could totally do that that's so, the thing I don't though know. like i mean I- it's. I didn't even think about it. I think it's something that I took for granted and just expected. Yeah, they'll be blending like Unity Syndicate style blending when you enter a crowd. It's like you have some form of stealth. Like it just kind of take a backseat, but it'd still be there. But it's like I mean, like Ashraf said, I think uh, sort of taken the uh, sort of um, route with this game that nothing is sacred necessarily because Assassin's Creed, like we've talked about on this podcast before, is Assassin's Creed hasn't had a had like an identity really since revelations like one through revelations established assassin's creed then they just sort of kept changing it with three and black flag and unity and syndicate and now i think Mm. it's sort of the time they've gone right so what is assassin's creed let's define what it is now in 2017 and so if they've decided blending isn't social stuff isn't necessarily of importance and can't be used in the gameplay i mean it's something that I feel is a sort of a loss to the franchise. It's sort of, you know, it's something that I loved about Assassin's Creed 1, but if it's something that couldn't make its way into Origins for the betterment of the game, then I'm not mad that they didn't shoehorn it in for the sake of it. You know what I mean? Sure. That makes sense. That yeah, makes well, sense. So, my, so my argument for this was, and I won't get into it too much because I have this whole video that you guys can watch <laughs> if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it. We'll check the um, description. Yeah, um, but so I was thinking, I think similar to you guys and probably, you know, obviously the developers, you know, because when I played, I I got to play AC Origins when I went to Singapore for Skull and Bones. And like, it was really weird to me, like when I was playing combat and like you, you have like a shield you're using and damage numbers are like flying off the the hits and everything. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while I'll go through like, I'll just kind of think to myself, like what, you know, sometimes they'll add stuff like Den Defense. And it's like, or what is it that makes some of these changes like okay and others not? Like, what is the core of this franchise? Like, can you define it and what should and shouldn't be there? And I was thinking, and I, I'd kind of gotten the the um, impression that social stealth was de-emphasized or gone completely. And my argument uh, was that um, social stealth, I think, is so core to the philosophy behind the actual Assassin's Creed, Mm. which drives, like, all of the Assassin's actions, like, throughout history, that really that should be kind of, like, the number one priority to the point where I honestly personally think that if um, social stealth... Like, I I think that if you make an origin story, you have to have a heavy emphasis on social stealth because social stealth drives the Assassin's uh, philosophy and attitude towards the crowd 
and that in turn informs the writing of the first and second tenets of the creed. And I go into the detail about this in the video, but for me, like, I, know, I, I totally get what you're saying about like how if it doesn't work in Egypt because of like, you know, the open, it's a big open world. There's not a lot of civilians and stuff like that. To me, like if I were in charge, like at Ubisoft and like helping making these decisions, I would say like if we can't make it, if you can't make social stealth work in Egypt for this origin story, then maybe we need to change this. We need to have a different setting for this origin mm. story. Yeah, it was the same argument we had like, for things like the rope launch. People saying, well, you need the rope launcher of Victoria and London. And we say, well, then don't pick Victoria and London because we don't need a rope launcher. Yeah. So I, I completely <laughs> yeah. get your or, argument. Or provide, like a better, or provide like a better justification for it. Or like, but like to just me, narratively, like I just can't. <laughs> like I just... It, it, that is like the top one of the top priority like you should really build your or and an origin story about the creed mm. around that ge the gameplay yeah, element like you know the social whole... stealth because they're so intertwined mm. was that was my whole thing the whole blade, so blade in the crowd hide in plain sight that sort of thing you know yeah it's like a huge thing yeah, in Assassin's then, Creed. yeah and then even uh stay your blade from the flesh of an innocent like mm. they when you look into the encyclopedia and stuff, they go into they elaborate how that relates to the crowd. And again, like I I go into all this in the video, so I won't keep going on and on about it. But like yeah. that's the level of importance it has for me. Like in an especially in an origin story. If it weren't an origin story, like I could I could definitely live with it because I'm sure not every single assassin followed all of the tenets all the time. Like you could make a case for plausibly leaving it out completely from any other game. But for an origin story, like I just I'm really curious to see how they handle it. Does um, this and, does does this give for you guys, because this is something I've advocated for years now, for years, which is, and they talked about it with the Kotaku leak of Origins. Back then it was Empire, at least the code name for it. Um, and I believed this Kotaku report 100% because he leaked Black Flag, Unity, and Syndicate completely accurately. Um, he talked about the potential for multiple games with this lead character. Um, mm. So I, I'm not sure if it's happening, but I, I, I'm sure I believe it's at least been discussed if this is the origin story but if this isn't his last game is there the potential to bring it forward because he's still developing it with like let's say if there was a sequel or something would that be okay with you guys uh, so, uh i guess i'll go first real quick like yeah I, i'd be okay with that i just don't think that's what they're doing like they've like ash has specifically said that this is about the formation of the brotherhood as we know it and the associated rituals it kind of doesn't the way he's saying it doesn't really leave in my mind much interpretation that it's going to be a gradual thing across three games. Sure. And the thing is, as soon as my, my thing is, as soon as you form the organization called the Brotherhood, which we know is happening in this game, like Ash has said that, right? Um, as soon as you form the organization, you really need it's what I said in my video, like your organization has no purpose if you don't have any philosophy or principles to guide. Like, what does your organization stand for? And that's why it in my mind it has to involve the origins of not just the brotherhood but the creed at the same time and the creed is as i argue intertwined with social stealth and it makes me yeah. wonder how all that's going to work out so but other people have brought up that this idea of like oh maybe someone was saying what if it's just like they kind of develops like one tenant per game or whatever yeah and I guess it's possible. I just personally don't see it happening. I, yeah. I think mm -hmm. I think as soon as you establish the organization itself, you have your entire philosophy, like pretty much the entire philosophy in place. There's a basis for it, yeah. Mm, that still yeah. makes sense, though, but, like if you were to have him develop the creed towards the end of the game, because that's what I think is going to happen. It's going to be 
I mean, not necessarily like yeah. the, the only thing I can compare it with is like Black Flag, the way that Edward was a pirate for most of the game, then towards the end he became an assassin. I feel like Bayek is, I feel like it's going to be different, this is of the course, same. with him being oh, yeah. himself and he has his own sort of morals. And then towards the end of the game, he'll form this brotherhood because he's like, well, these morals have to be kept throughout time so that, you know, we don't get any more yeah, exactly. people that try to control freedom um, and, you know, stuff like this... that. So, I mean, they, they could, towards the end of the game, him create these tenants, and then if they wanted to lead into a sequel, um, have the sequel develop more of, you know, this social stealth element, you know, that could that could yeah. introduce itself in the end of Origins. But, I mean, it's strange the way they've yeah. talked about it because people have asked, like, uh, Amar on Twitter, you know, are we getting a trilogy? And he's kind of really deflecting that, saying, you know, this is like, oh, you already want a second game with Bayek <laughs> and stuff like that? And it's like, well, yeah. okay. You can't... You can't... I, I don't know who honestly expects Amar to like legitimately answer that question. I mean, he's of course, of course like, he's not oh yes, yeah, so let me break some news right yeah, now, yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just for you. For sure, but I see, underscore I see... Altair thirty six. <laughs> like, see, like I don't, I don't remember back in like two thousand and nine when we'd had Assassin's Creed two. I don't remember anyone ever like. Cause, I mean, I didn't expect it. I just expected we'd get Assassin's Creed three and we'd get you know, yeah, of some other protagonist. But no, we got Brotherhood yes, and then we got Revelations and. You know, like I the mean, greatest, the greatest gifts I've ever been given. Oh God, yeah, makes me so. I, <laughs> sometimes I consider killing myself, but then I remember the Ezio trilogy and I don't. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, thank well, you. So, so I've heard this. I've gotten this. Probably like one of the biggest pieces of feedback I got on that video. Where it's like a lot of people are like, "Well, he doesn't have social stealth because he hasn't formed the Brotherhood yet." And like to varying degrees of people trying to be sense. helpful and <laughs> other people's. And then other people saying, like, you're an idiot because you didn't think about this. And I'm like, well, my whole point is, like, you need to have the formation of the creed in here. And it, you can't put the chicken before the egg in this case mm. because you need to have some philosophy about, about social stealth before and the crowds before yeah, you create before you create the tenets. You don't create the tenets and then be like, okay, and now I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, now we're going to do them, right? yeah. They, the like, tenets have to be I've formed decided, around your own morals like, sort of thing. So. I've never done this in my entire life, but I'm going to dictate that we now hide in quiet. <laughs> no, it's like what, what makes way more sense yeah, is yeah. if like, he has experience like with the crowd and he's like, oh, this is like, this is how we think of, this is how our brotherhood is going to think about people and the crowds and the strength in numbers. And we're going to make our organization follow this because by writing the second tenet basically so <laughs> so nick you're you've been quiet on this what do you think about i mean pretty much the the non-existence of social stealth but also how maybe it could relate or work to the future of the franchise overall if there's a i don't know a sequel for Bayek, or at least they're kind of staying in this time period era um in terms of social stealth it depends how they handle it really if it feels like something's missing, then it would be a big part of it. But uh, mm, they've implemented so many other forms of stealth in the last few games, like with when they added crouching and things like that, and the use of hoods and stuff. So I think top mm, hats, like, like <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. top hat. Um, How else am I gonna know if it's... I'm in stealth mode or not if I don't have a top hat? That's something about origins. <laughs> The fuck? He doesn't have a topper. How am I gonna know? It's it's difficult to say, really, at this point in time, whether it's gonna feel wrong. I think that the Ubisoft guys know what they're doing in this regard. Um, um mm, yeah, mm, mostly know what they're doing in this regard. <laughs> so, I don't I don't think they would take it out if it didn't feel like it should be taken out because it's it's been in all the other games. I feel like they must feel strongly about this. 
to do. Because I guess they're redefining what Assassin's Creed is at this point. Like, they're going down the RPG route, and I'm not mad at that because I fucking love The Witcher and I love Horizon. So, at this point, I think I'm more concerned about this game being a good game than I am about it being, you know, true to Assassin's Creed. Because I think at this point, I've let go of what Assassin's Creed used to be, and I'm just like, please just give me a good game. I just want to play something fun. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, most, I'm, most, I'm most concerned about the story because I think the gameplay is going to be fun regardless. Mm. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. the game, yeah, looks, the game looks amazing, shit. but. Um, story. Yeah. My, they've got so many story challenges. So many story challenges. To tell an origin story, first of all, this is a 10 year old franchise now that has so many established characters, so much established lore, and a universe that goes beyond just video games to comic books to novels to so many different levels. I'm not saying the movie. Um, <laughs> so the thing about having an origin story of the forming the Brotherhood as we know it. We've never even heard of Bayek. So you've got to somehow explain former brotherhood that makes sense to the creed and what it soon becomes a thousand years later with, with Altair, but also somehow write out a character out of existence and there's a reason we don't know who the fuck he is. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm. a lot of hurdles narratively that they have to deal with by telling an origin story. I respect the fact they're attempting it, but I'm very concerned by it might be too much of a challenge and some things are almost better left unexplained and mysterious. It's like, I don't really want to know how the Jedi were formed in star Wars because that could like, kind of like, you know, by defining it, you kind of can contradict things that happen later. I respect they're trying, but you know, like I said, there's just so many challenges with that. Yeah. The strange yeah, thing think, is they didn't yeah. even need to do this. They didn't even need to explain the origins. Cause we know there was Darius and stuff before. They didn't even need to explain it. They could have just had Bayek as an assassin. I don't really know why they decided to do that. Yeah. Well, I think there's definitely the potential for it to be done well and in a cool way and mm. seeing like the, um, origination of like a lot of things like, I don't know, like, you know, rituals and assassination techniques. And so, you know, if they they thought they could do it right, and so they made an attempt, and we'll see how it turns out. I don't think, I don't know. Uh, I'm, the, I'm optimistic. I, I, I think there are definitely some cases where you can remove the mystique from something, and it sucks as a like result. Like with the EC. I, think, I feel like that yeah, was done even, really weird. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, like, just even knowing the name Isu kind of makes it, like, a little... It's weird how like, they did oh, it as well. Just in passing in Syndicate, she just called... Like, Juno just calls him Isu, and you're like, oh, wait, yeah. what? Okay. Yeah. It was you, no, it was you two that explained Isu to me, where, like, back in the after Syndicate released. I think it was you, Luna, you said Isu. I'm like, what the fuck's an Isu? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so weird Yeah, how they did and there's, that. there's also characters like Darth Vader and stuff where, like, if you do it poorly, like, it really can actually kind of be detrimental. And I don't know if you guys watch Rick and Morty, but, like, the Not premiere that. of season three, like, kind of deals with that, too, where it's, like, they almost tease you with revealing Rick's origins, but then they're, like... You know, you don't actually really want to know because you just like, accept that this dude's a mad, crazy, yeah, smart yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, and it's like they're like, we, we're we're gonna like tease you with like fucking this up and like <laughs> and, like ruining this. I don't want to spoil the episode, but like, <laughs> but then like the truth is, you don't actually really want to know like his origins or stuff. But I don't think that that necessarily applies to the Brotherhood. I think you can tell a really cool story about how things got formed and yeah because so, you don't so much know time how... between 
Mm. There's so yeah, much time between like Origins that, yeah. and Altair's time. There's 1,200 years. There's so yeah. many games in that time. You know what I mean? Mm. How many yeah. games put in the span of like 100 years between, you know, Black Flag's time period and Syndicate? You know, you got like five games in there. Mm. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. there's loads of time between Origins and Assassin's Creed 1. Like, so, I mean, yeah, telling the story of the Origins of the Brotherhood doesn't necessarily take away all of the mystique of the brotherhood because there's there's plenty of time for things to change and stuff to happen so yeah i suppose and, and it, dep- it depends right. how they do it too like if the ring finger mm. removal turns out to be something like really profound and meaningful then you know it actually has the effect of making it just mean even more a, yeah me, yeah making the other games mean even more and so i think that's the risk you take with something like an origin story right is like and i i think there is a way to, like I think it's totally possible to make a good Assassin's Creed Origins story. Yeah. Um, the question is whether or not they pull it off, right? Mm. And I'm and I'm not to say I don't have concerns in that regard either, like you guys. Yeah. We'll have mm. to see. It, we I have mean, to see. And that's why I'm kind of worried about the Derby thing. Mm. It's not just because I love Derby or anything. It's just because I'm just sick and tired. I'm just sick <laughs> really? and tired. It kind of sounds like it's because you love Derby. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's definitely partly because I love Derby. But... But it's more just the fact that I'm, I've said this so many times, I'm sick and tired of every game having a different ride. I'm like, who is narratively in control of this franchise? There needs to be a one guy, one guy, or at least, you know, a, a very small group of people that are the boss here, narratively. They're like, this is the story we're telling. And if someone's like, this is the next setting we're going to go, and they're like, okay, we're in control of that story because we need to make sure it fits in with the modern day story arc we're going to go with if they have one. Yeah. Um, or, or anything like that. They can't just have every game decide that, well, you know, when Darby wrote in the box, it was this, and then some other writer's like, no, nah, I think it's this. Oh, there's multiple boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, there's multiple boxes. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, was that... Like, what, who was that what, that did that? It was Richard Faris, right? What the fuck are we talking and, about? Well, I mean, Richard's role is actually pretty close to what... Um, but then what he goes and confuses for. everything, though, like with the boxes. He's like, oh, I'm just going to change it. It's weird. Like, I'm pretty sure Darby didn't have that in mind yeah, when he got the box in. Not saying Richard's a perfect weird. person. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got, like, Jeffrey, who, like, did the... He did the... He wrote Dead Kings, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he, yep. like, there was a thing with the apple. And originally he was like, it's not an apple. Yeah, it is an apple. No, it's not an apple. Yeah, it is an apple. And it's like, you wrote Yeah, Jeffrey... It. What are you doing? <laughs> I love Jeffrey. He has an attitude sometimes where he's like i'm just gonna blow shit up narratively and i don't really care that i do that <laughs> okay cool for sure well i, I don't yeah, care if uh, right. you get fired then jeffrey i'm sorry i apologize but like i don't know I personally just, like, but like, in terms I, of right now like, I, I hope yeah no i hope you have find a new job very quickly but you can't just go and do this right um i care too much about this right please, because jeffrey I mean, he basically, that's basically what he was, he's like, it's not fun if you can't, like, blow things up, like, every once in a while. Like, it's basically what he said when I was asking him on that interview about um, mm, that's where I Syndicate um, for uh, Desmond's son. Because mm. he's the one who wrote, like, the thing in Desmond's son with Clay and Brotherhood. You know, the oh, son, your son. he like, did, that, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote that and everything. And then, like, Darby wrote... Um, in the AC4 modern day, like the audio file, because everyone kept asking about it. And so he's like, fine, here, have this. And Desmond's like, 
oh, Clay showed me like a bunch of things and a bunch of different realities. And then there was one reality where I had a son. And Darby's like, there's your explanation. Like, you know, I think about it. And then like Jeffrey comes back and he's like, and bam. (laughs) And the reality that you have a son is this reality. (laughs) I just think speaking of, I wanted to bring something up with you guys because James and I have talked about this. It's a theory that we kind of, realize because i kind of i don't know what it is i always knew when juno got introduced as like the bad guy the villain right that she kind of had a group following there was like this cult following at juno i didn't know the name of it and for whatever reason i just for somehow for yeah no i know it's before i know this now but somehow yeah that's what i say i know this now you explained it to me (laughs) i just somehow missed the fact that they're called instruments of first world i don't know how i missed it but i just missed it i knew they were existed as a cult i just didn't know there was a name and organization to it but when James brought that up to me, I go, oh, that sounds familiar, especially with the logo of it. And I went back to Lost Archives, where Subject 16 in memory... Oh, yeah. Six, he goes through... I love uh, this. When, when he's shown... You know when Subject 16 is shown the truth about Lucy in that kind of theatre room? Yeah. And it's like the footage of her talking to uh, Warren Vidic. Yep. After that, a doorway opens up and the brick car, and it's like an old building. And on the top of that doorway that 16 walks through is the symbol of the instruments of the first will. And after he walks through that, Juno says, um, oh God, I, I used to have this quote memorized, but it was pretty much just like, you know, you know what you need to do. Um, help Desmond Miles. Help, help Desmond Miles. Oh, yeah, she says, you know, you need to help Desmond Miles. And he goes, I will. And all of a sudden he's so compliant with it. And I believe that he was helping Juno the whole time and knew exactly what she was doing. And I believe 16's an instrument in the first will member. That's I, an interesting thing. I like Well, I think it. The, sim- the, the symbol is just the symbol for Juno, I think. And then the instruments of the first will adopted that as like their symbol, I believe. I'm a little shaky on my instruments of the first will lore, so but I'm pretty sure that's because I remember a lot of it, like a lot of the instruments I remember from the sticky notes in four. That's a lot of where I remember stuff from with the like the gray right. and stuff, and like she talks yep. about it in Syndicate, and it's super confusing. And then I like, I mean, because I remember in Unity, there's like the little um, database entry where she says uh, the 16 and Desmond is in the gray with her, and there's that there, and it's like everything's very fucking confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether they've defined anything. Like, I, d- I mean, are they going I, anywhere with this? Like, what are they doing? I don't know, but it's there. Well, this is the... I mean, at least part of this is kind of also explored in the... I think in, like, the transmedia stuff with the comics yeah, and the books. The comics, and this yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of the... Like, Uprising? The, is that one of them? I don't know. I don't follow the Yeah, Uprising closely. is where a lot of stuff's happening with Juno and everything. Um, like, where's Desmond's son? Oh, sorry, he's he's shown up in the comics, right? Sorry to interrupt. Yes. I just wanted to check. I just wanted to check the quote here. This is why I was so skeptical because this quote fucked me up for a while because I never understood. <laughs> and it was, it wasn't until um, the instruments of the first will got uh, brought up to me that I connected it, which was she goes, uh, because once he goes through the door with that symbol on it, she says, your eyes are now open. Help Desmond Miles. He says, I will. And then she says, they must all suffer as we suffered. Mm. That's true. That's creepy. You know what I mean? It's a creepy line in the way, the way she brings him in. That's why I'm like, I actually think the whole time he was suffer as we suffered. Sounds like it sounds like, no, you know what it sounds like? Clay is a sage. That's what it sounds like. Hey, you never know, man. You just don't know. I, 
headcanon. I don't think that's the case. Headcanon bit. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop it now. It's a thing. Well, so, so what do you mean? Like, you think that she's saying they should all be brought into the Grey? Because Juno, you have to remember, Juno was not in the Grey at that point in Revelations or, or whatever. No, is that? She wasn't that I, I don't think that's what it is. I think um, he's he's in the Grey at that point, but I think... I think that's alluding to him being a member of the first world, do, wanting what Juno wants. You know, it's we now. You know, they must all suffer because she, what's her end goal? It's not just about the Grey. She wanted to, you know, take over the fucking world. Um, I see. You know, that's so. true. But she did also say the same sort of things to Desmond as well throughout, like two and brotherhood. I mean, brotherhood and not revelations. Like that, though. Not like that. True. Not she didn't. She didn't do anything sinister like that but she did say i mean desmond kind of caught on he was like you know whatever's on the other side of the grand temple benefits juno uh so you know told everyone yeah. to be careful but yeah clay was i mean clay was fucking insane though by that point so it makes sense that he would just comply with whatever the fuck juno's saying i mean juno could have been talking about abstergo because i think clay well, he was would've... resisting he was resisting until she showed him something until he Which went through that thing with lucy was the thing with lucy yeah yeah with the stuff with lucy you know um so it's just it's and he and he helped desmond get exactly to where juno wanted desmond to be you know what i mean his role was to get desmond to help juno at the end of the day that's whether that what his intention was i'm not 100 sure right but like that's what happened from what yeah, 16 true. did i mean we can, we can, the we, can we can talk about this for as long as we want but the reality is a lot of various writers had their hand in the story and so I don't think there's any clear pattern <laughs> at all until we get to, like, the end and it's, like, this person allowed, you know, the story to go the way I want. I mean, with with Darby writing a lot of revelations, it could make sense, but Darby's not the one that wrote Lost, wrote Lost Archives. That was Jeffrey, right? Yes. Yeah, it was. And he also wrote in Desmond's Son. He also did The Truth in Brotherhood. Uh, so there's those yeah. things. I, Interesting. I 100% agree with you guys on that. I wish there was stronger... Somebody with a really good vision that has stronger narrative control mm, over what, Desolet, all these things. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I, think, I, I think they might like him less than they like us. I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, if yeah, only uh, if only he was still there. So Desmond's son. <laughs> Desmond's son. Um, he's an instrument of the first world. Though he's in the comics. He's like their messiah. Yes, he's in the like Juno's best mate. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't actually read the comics yet for that. Oh, me For neither. Uprising. I just know he's there, but... He is there. I'm the pretty book. sure he's Juno's mate. I'm pretty sure. Well, we know he's a sage, right? Obviously. So that's one thing we know about him. Um, yeah, as yeah. the syndicate said, so... Yeah. Yeah. That could, totally in, that could totally influence his affiliation towards Juno. That makes sure. sense. I mean, that's that's what we love, though. That's why I think it'd be amazing to have him in a game, because like he's got that confliction between being Desmond's son and also being Aita as well. So, you know, he's torn mm. between the two. He's I think that's, that's a super yeah. interesting story to tell. Interesting, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know all about the modern day, so I can't say anything, but interesting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that is not what I was alluding to. <laughs> Oh god. That, uh, hmm, interesting. You're 100 percent on the money. You're interesting. You guys, <laughs> you guys are stupid. <laughs> uh. yeah. No, it's pure, purely 100 percent just interesting. As in, I haven't read the comics for Uprising yet, and so I've, neither this is I. all like. So I have no idea if I'm even correct. Like I don't even know what's going on. We need Colum on for this. He knows everything. 
Oh God. How I'm curious, Nick, because you're not you're similar to me in the sense of you're kind of you're in, but you're out. I mean, I'm in because I'm on this podcast every week or whatever every other week. But you're you know you've taken that back step within the community. Where do you f- sit and feel about Origins and the future narratively of, of Assassin's Creed? Um, well, I have complete faith in the Black Flag team, really. So I'm very confident in Origins simply for that fact. Um, and not much more to it than that. Like nothing I saw was like, cause I saw really, really early stuff. So nothing I saw was like, wow, this is going to be really awesome. But the stuff I have seen since like E3 looks pretty cool. Um, black flag team made an absolute masterpiece in my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few years back. So I could see them trying to make another masterpiece, um, or trying to do their best towards that goal. God, I hope they're I hope they're at least trying for God's sakes. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can hope they're trying um, to. But like narratively, uh, the overarching story between the whole franchise, I haven't been paying attention to the comics at all. I haven't seen the film, so like I feel really. I did read um, what was it? Heresy. I did read Heresy. So I I'm didn't a little. That shit. Heresy was great. I'm gonna <laughs> finish it. I am going to finish it. I liked it a lot. I'm gonna um, finish it. I promise. But, but with Origins, Origins is kind of the first game since we've had this, the massively accelerated the expansion of the expanded universe, with all of the new, the new comics are a huge part of it, new books and everything. And especially the modern day, because yeah. the movie and the comics and stuff are pretty heavy on the modern day, surprisingly. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how they handle the first game since the expanded universe actually matters. Um, and I think that that yeah. will probably be the make or break thing for it, and how the games will, it, whether the games will still be the torchbearer for the story and lead the way I with the so. universe kind of following it, or just a part of this whole universe, um, and see how how the games handle that. It, it should True, be interesting. But I mean, um, I think, really don't really have much of an idea for it. <clears throat> I think with things like Uni and Syndicate, those games have kind of, in terms of the modern day and overarching story, expanded universe, etc. I think have been a part of it but have never been a main part of it. And I think that with Origins, the main thing I've wanted is to have, you know, origin story start this, the games being, you know, the main sort of place in the universe for the storyline and have comics and novels follow that. Because, like, there's things with Star Wars. Like, I love the extended media in Star Wars because I love Star Wars. But with Assassin's Creed, the games have been so lackluster with the overarching story that I haven't cared about the extended media. Because it doesn't, it does, like the the story doesn't matter to me. So if they can make the games this main point where I get all of my, you know, kind of the story, then have these comics and novels, etc., as kind of additions and you know expansions of this universe that I love, then that that's kind of what I want, rather than it being the other way around. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's uh, I think it, I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's that's what that's the best case scenario, right? Would mm. be that to happen. <laughs> It's, just... it's crazy to me how much important stuff is happening. Like, how many really big things are happening, like, in transmedia stuff? Yeah, like Desmond's like, son. Like, and they're, fin- they're, they're yeah. finishing the Project Phoenix storyline, right? In the comics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so ridiculous. It's like, what are you so doing? Doesn't... Why are you doing that? It's crazy. And there's also just so much of it. Like, there's so many comic series. And that's not even yeah. counting, like, the book series, right? Like, yeah. there's... A whole bunch of books as well and like it's just this explosion that just kind of it was felt like there was no real ramp up it was just all of a sudden here's the fire hose of like 
and it's it's overwhelming like it's gonna make a video about it at some point about how mm. overwhelming it is because it's yeah. just like absolutely it's insane like i tried the other day to start reading the comics and i realized how much there was and i was like i will maybe do this sometime but not now it's just too much <laughs> just fun and they don't even pro- and they don't even provide a guide like you need to read like this series and this series but like because you know assassins and the assassins and templars comics mm. um basically merge into uprising later yeah, they do and then you have true. last descendants locus which is like a spin-off of the books <laughs> but like they don't tell you like what order you should read those in because there's a trilogy of books and even i don't know where the comic falls in there like so i'm just hoping i'm reading it in the right order and so, yeah. and so it's like there's a lot of issues with how they're handling it right now i think mm, there's a lot of things and i think for anyone that does want to get into the extended media i think the best guide i've found is on as the Assassin's Creed Universe channel. They had a video on it where they go through like each thing and what it means to the franchise. And through that, you can kind of go, oh, okay, it's... this is what I need to read and this is what I can kind of maybe save for later and that sort of thing. That's where I went, and it's super helpful. So I'd recommend that. Okay. I must have missed uh, that one. That's awesome. Just what, James, check Facebook, by the way. Um, okay. With, um, I'm just shitting myself right now, what I just sent you. Um, <laughs> with... Uh, the, have you guys seen the new IGN like first footage? Like some of the, because they're getting so much exclusives with Origins, right? Gameplay wise, they've gone over like Bayek as a character, and kind of this kind of goes back story wise as to, I guess with who Bayek is, because it's not like a young man, right? Like he's in his thirties when this game starts, so there's no like. Uh, coming of age storyline so when it comes and he's what's the word for like his role in the egypt culture what's that word a magi um, magi, magi, magi yeah do, do, yep. do you think being a magi it it's is going to be similar because it doesn't seem very similar it's kind of like batman more than it's being an assassin <laughs> right? like well i heard think- them describe it as sheriff was how they described it. He's kind yeah. of like a law person. A, sort of, but like yeah. way, way, way kind of more important. Because he's like the Magi. <laughs> the Magi are the ancient protectors of the Pharaoh. Exactly. So okay. But like they also, they also protect the, the people. They do. Um, they're, like, they're, yeah. the, they're the Pharaoh's protectors that protect the land for the Pharaoh, but also protect the Pharaoh. That's how I would best look at do it. You, do you think that in the in, narratively for Bayek, it's going to almost be because uh, to me it is a different, a big difference between assassin and what they're describing his role as a magi as, um, more that, which is kind of like a fucking superhero at this point because he's like the only one left. He's like a Spartan from Halo or something. Um, will will he have to kind of? It'll almost be a, quite a modern undertone of narrative's thread um, about kind of the world changing. Yeah, that's and what kind I've of having to, ex- ha- having to accept the world changing, and the assassins yeah. are kind of, uh, or at least the order and brotherhood of assassins are a response to the new way the world is. Yeah, that's what I. Because we've seen how we've seen how it changes, <clears throat> right? But how does it get introduced, and how do the Templars fit into that? Yeah, can I? I have a theory for how the story is going to play out. Right. So, look. Okay. So, so Bayek is a Medjai, right? And he's, you know, that's how he is. And like Ashraf described it, Bayek is the embodiment of ancient Egypt. Like he's, he carries all their old ideals and things like that, that it would be ancient Egypt. And obviously things are changing now. You've got all these different cultures coming in from like Rome and Greece and all over the world uh, coming into Egypt. Um, 
which obviously is great, and Bayek has to adapt to this. Um, and the way I think that the Brotherhood's going to be somewhat formed is the, the way that... I don't know, I think it's the way that it's been described by Ashraf, and also the way that I've kind of thought about it through trailers and things, um, is that it seems to me that Bayek will early on come into contact with a piece of Eden, similarly to Connor, maybe. Um, and through that, will realize that there's multiple people throughout the world who are using maybe pieces of Eden or maybe not to control people and take away their freedom. And I think Bayek is going to go through the world to take out these various leaders and people that are controlling. Um, and that'll kind of be his goal. It'll be through the pieces of Eden and through the Isu that will, you know... Because I'm pretty sure Ashraf said something about Bayek being contacted by some... It's something to do with some organization or something. And I just feel like it... it just what mm. I'm thinking of feels very similar to the way it's been talked about. So I feel like it's going to be Pieces of Eden. It's going to. Be, I feel like Pieces of Eden will be very prominent in the game, especially since it's the time period that it's in. And I feel like that will somehow lead to him being like, okay, so this is what's happened to me now. So let's take these ideals and let's form a brotherhood from it so that all throughout history, there are going to be these people who are going to try and control your freedom. And we're going to have this order that is born from my ideals and morals that will stop that from happening in the future. That's my theory. God, this yeah. that's Sounds, solid, man. I hope Sounds I'm right. Plausible to me. <laughs> we do know that there is a uh, apple in the game, and yeah, we do. It is the right time period for the Ankh and maybe the Shroud. Uh, well, that's one of the things I'm actually looking forward to a, a lot. Is I think once you go back in history a bit more, you can kind of lean a little more into um, the mythology. Yeah, more mythology, which is what they're doing for um, for origins with Egyptian mythology, and kind of use pieces of Eden a little more uh, frequently, and have them be a little more prominent. Um, someone at one point on one of my streams or something has talked about like having an Assassin's Creed game set like um, in like King, like a King Arthur, like. Uh, mm. <laughs> Assassin's Creed game and initially I was kind of like oh that's kind of weird but then I thought about it and I'm like well I mean like the Sword of Eden I think is actually King Arthur's sword so I, yeah. I feel like that's somewhere there and then I was thinking like you know it would actually be really cool to almost have like this fantasy game where almost like you're equipped with like a like the Sword of Eden at all times and it's just like you just lean really heavily into like all the first Civ stuff because it's so long ago and the records aren't as uh the records aren't as what's the word up to date or yeah because that was the problem you know with I mean? the like, most recent games is like we know everything yeah. we know what people said you know what i mean you're like word yeah. for word but and it, it's all just very factual whereas like then you get back into biblical times and they're like yeah and then his staff became a snake <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you can, like totally just like <laughs> and you can totally just start leaning into the to, to these fantastical elements like the pieces of eden um to explain them away and and I, i'm really looking forward to that in origins mm. so it'd be cool if it plays out like you mentioned what do you think the role of assassin's creed one and i i say this because it's been brought up by ashraf a lot about it being the 10 year anniversary of assassin's creed one and this is going to be legacy a really missions. special fan service. Like legacy James's Le theory is legacy, legacy missions, where, and I and this is what I want. But I just think it's very far fetched in terms no, of happened. how crazy it would be. Would be to have like a mission structure. Well, it came from you know you got the James. This is all James' idea, by the way. Like with <laughs> leg, legacy outfits, you know that we've got in each game. But there's a mission to acquire those. We have to play as that assassin for like a four minute mission, like a little set piece mission. 
and then you acquire their outfit in the game. So you'll actually get to play as like uh, Ezio for four minutes, Altair or Arno and stuff, whether they have voice actors there or it's just like you play as a character for a very basic set piece thing. You just kind of get to do that. So I love the idea. I would bet money that that's not what we'll actually see just because for no, two reasons, I guess. I've convinced myself. Unity's ultimate honey dick at the start of the game where you see all these <laughs> that I legitimately thought when I first saw I'm like, no way, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I talked about this in Wishlist. I'm just I'm just I'm, hoping they watched you, it and they were like, yeah, let's do it. You know you that be, Darby's the one who did that, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Of course it was. Who else that, would it be? That's that sassy, sassy man. Just <laughs> <laughs> So so here's the reason that you're not gonna see that and I'm like almost positive that you won't see it okay. is because um, it's, they were able to do it in unit stuff like unity just because they were able to reuse a lot of assets because you were still in Paris, like for all of these, it's just Paris at different time periods, but like there's, it's really, really, um, it, it's really resource intensive to make a bunch of, of unique yes, environments. environments. Yeah, of course. And they're, and I really don't think I don't think that they would do that for something as four minutes, yeah. Oh, for something, anyway. just do it. Anyway, even please. yeah, or even if it's a longer mission, but like it's it would still be kind of like a side thing, you know. Um, sure, but just well, like what you, what even just even just copy be... the assets from the old oh, games. I don't even care. So <laughs> that's, well, I mean, it's running a different system. engine, right? Like a totally different engine. Just do any. Uh, just I don't even care what it so, is. I should just do it. So, sorry, the, real quick. The other the other reason I don't think they do that is, is because okay. they just did Assassin's Creed Reflections, which is the comic series that explores stories for Altair, Ezio, and Connor. I believe I haven't read it yet. Yeah, but they I've seen it. literally Connor's daughter can control used. eagles and stuff. Oh, I don't know. About, yeah, I haven't read yeah, it yet. That's but um, but but they've already kind of explored that space. You know what I mean? Like narratively. And so I well, I feel like that lessens the chance that they would do that. In, in just the game. okay. Just make an Ezio game where he's fifty-eight. For God's sakes, I don't care. Just give me him back for for a couple of hours, and then I can <laughs> die happy. That's all I want. I have a question. Well, you did. You didn't get your fill with Assassin's Creed Chronicles China and Ezio. <laughs> oh, fuck you! How dare you! How dare you say that? <laughs> oh god, it's only okay because Luma got Roger to do the correct lines. It's it's only okay because of that. Um, I do have a question though regarding um, we talked about legacy missions. They've they have said there are other playable characters, right? They, well, they didn't say playable. They just they, said... No, they did the, say... Darius. Said, no, no, no. Ashraf has said for select missions. There are other playable characters for select missions. Darius is in the IMDb page. That's true, he is. But, like, what are they doing? Because he said... Okay, so, I, IMDb is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really... Because remember back when Revelations, point... when it said the old voice actor was coming back for Altair, but it wasn't at all him? Okay. IMDb is, like notorious for having really Wicked. bad early infer yeah, early information so, we can't really so I, I would that, not but... rely on that but but still ashraf has said there are select missions right with other characters i he think the most that. likely thing would be if if that's i haven't actually seen that quote but i hear it come up fairly often I so i, I, find I think it. i think the most likely case is uh that you'll probably play as aminette for a few missions you might remember she is she is the 
uh, Egyptian assassin with underneath Montreux with the snake who mm. kills Cleopatra. That's true. And it's her oh, yes. and it's her statue that is one of the seals that you have to get yeah, uh, in Assassin's Creed 2 underneath Montreux. So, so what would seems to how me would that's you mostly. do that though? Like, why would it transition over? Like Ashraf's already said, there's no rift, so it's not that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how they're handling like the modern day framework, right? Which you know all about. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know um, a little about. Uh huh. I really well, not all. Definitely not all. How do you think they write out Bayek in the sense of? You know, he's not one of the statues underneath Montreal. He's, he's not famous in the assassins uh, in the future. What what happens? H- how does he do this? Is he even the one that starts the order, or is he the one that inspires the order? Sounds like he's because uh, it sounds like he's the one who actually says it, starts it because just bizarre. Was, They've said you'll said see the rituals and stuff. And Ashraf has said something. Someone asked, like, "Oh, why doesn't Bayek do this or whatever?" And with the assassins, and Ashraf has basically said, "Literally, I think he hasn't done it because he hasn't founded the Brotherhood yet, or something along those lines." But yeah. very explicitly, like Bayek creates the Brotherhood. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, then what, what happens to him? So, yeah, that's a really good question. They'll have we'll to. I mean, the out. obvious answer is, well, they hadn't invented Bayek when they were making AC two. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. But. You got I know you got to find like a good narrative reason for it, and I don't know. He could just not want the limelight, or I don't. It's it'll be something like. <laughs> I mean, they've, they, I mean, Ashraf said that you will find out in the game. He said he, that they and the, they he's know the Johnny, he's the Johnny Depp, around, he's, so. the, he's the Johnny Depp of assassins. Doesn't really want to hang out and get interviewed or anything. <laughs> and, you know, spends like two million dollars on security a month. Just no cameras, bawling, no cameras. Just bowling, just <laughs> bowling. <laughs> He owns a town. Did you know that? He owns a town, Johnny Depp. <laughs> He's just like, uh, what's it called? I'm just, I have no idea. Uh, I was, yeah, well, I was looking. Okay. Was, no, go sorry, on, go I on. Gonna, okay, I was just gonna say real quick, like you know, they had the same issue with Shay uh, and Shay Forsaken. Is a dumbest, dumbest fucking retcon. <laughs> He's not even in Forsaken. Like he's not. The, they never talk yeah. about him. He's not like he's. He was the worst way to handle a retcon. Like that was really bad. Well, no, but I mean, so this is what I this is what I mean, though. It's the exact same situation where they hadn't invented Shay when they were making AC3 and um, when they were writing Forsaken, and then they decided to bring him in later. And then you have to find a reason for why he's not in there. And they didn't really do that for him. Yeah, but exactly. I think I, I said this in my podcast with, with Richard, um, Sunset Again, who is like this fan artist who now actually makes like covers for the comics and the books, and she's amazing. Okay. Um but like she had made like a comic where like they had this whole scene at like a a bonfire where Shay really eloquently asked Haytham to like or like he rips out like his pages. Oh, from I've Haytham's seen it, yeah, yeah. And stuff and it's like done really well. And they could I do thought something that was canon s- when I saw it. And then I was like, Oh, it's no, not. no. <laughs> and then I was like, It's like it's not canon. Thing, yeah. Yeah, but, but cool. it should be. It should because, be like, that's, for sure. It's probably the it's probably the best explanation you can come up with in a scenario like that where you know you eventually come back and add another character to a time period that you didn't have them in before, and that's exactly what they're going to do with. I mean, that's exactly the situation they have with Bayek, and it's going to be interesting to see if they how if mm. because it could be handled as gracefully as that as that comic, or they could just 
<laughs> I feel like I feel they'll touch upon it. They have to, to touch upon it. They have like, to, though, right? They have to. They can't, they can't just leave it. Like, it would make no <laughs> sense. Like, Altair has no knowledge of Bayek. Like, he knows all this stuff about the assassins, yeah. but he knows nothing about Bayek. There's got to be something they do. It would be really But it also be might so be something strange. that they... It, it might be something that they don't address in this game, though. You might find out that, you know, like, there are records of Bayek and the formation of the Brotherhood, but that they're destroyed in, like, a fire, like, 600 years later. Or oh, something. when they destroyed the Library of Alexandria, that destroyed everything. That yeah, or that, example. like, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways they could tackle it. And if even if they don't address it in this game, it doesn't mean that it couldn't be addressed in another game. But we'll True. see. I mean, we still, we've got, there's a sequel comic, right? There's a prequel book and a sequel I... comic to Origins, right? Yeah, I think so. This is what I was saying earlier. It's really hard to keep track of everything. Yeah, there's a lot these days. But yes, but yeah, I believe I'm the book sure is a sequel. And the comic, I think, mm. I think is a sequel. I'm not. Yeah, sure. I think that's how it is. Because I think the book to is like a prequel talking about like his days as a medjai and like growing up yeah. and stuff. So there's that origin so of him if you like want to read it. But they didn't feel like they had to do that in the game. Um, and yeah. then the, the the comic is like a sequel, and that that's something that's what brought up the whole will there be a bike sequel because someone tweeted and they were like oh so there's a comic that's going to be the sequel to origin so does that mean we're not getting a trilogy and then Aymar was obviously well, obviously he's not going to say anything is he but he was yeah. like oh i see you you know yeah origins isn't even out yet and you already want a second game i love seeing your confidence and it's like that's not really the that's not really what we meant but i mean you know whatever it's like <laughs> well, i know I'm, you're not going to answer it but... i don't whether it's connor whether it's my favorite character or my least favorite character i just want narrative commitment to yeah. characters because he, mm. he, he could only really get better with the sequels. Like, if Connor had a sequel, I don't think I'd like him less. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, well, okay. You know, how does he grow? What what happens next? You know what I mean? Connor's, like, Connor's I best could, section I could, they took out of the game. That, like, uh, I could only like Forsaken's more, speech. in my opinion, with him growing up and kind of, like, at least... If he's going to go full asshole, then I'd like to see him go full asshole. Mad respect. Or if he's going to go <laughs> like kind of mature, you know, you know, kind of a grounded character, then I'd like to see it. I don't just want to have this story that I wasn't, you know, very fond of and that I thought there were a lot of mistakes with. If they did have a sequel with him, at this point, you know, I just want to have a commitment that when I buy a game and I spend the whatever the money costs to have this game, um, that I'm investing my time not just to play a one-off game, but there's going to be follow-up stories. I'm investing in the future, not just the now, which is all Assassin's Creed's been. There's been no real solid modern day or characters that have been ongoing since Ezio so, and Altair as well. So I'm just kind of like, I, it's hard to care when Ubisoft don't care about these characters once the game's released. So here's the game and we don't care about them anymore. That's yeah, true. well, I think they're trying, they're trying to follow up a little more, especially with Connor. They gave him that comic that... Seems yeah. to have been received pretty well. That's a um, comic, but, but like, even I think, fans. Yeah, even, but you can't. Even at I the same time, you sounds better. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it's just a comic, but like you can't, you can't really expect them to make like a trilogy for every protagonist like they did with nah, Ezio. They don't I mean, need I, to, but like, so <laughs> they don't need to. Like, and I mean, so, what, what they did with Altair, I thought was great. You got more of him in like we got in we got a, a bit of him in one, mm. which was great, and it's like okay, there's his character. Then we get a new character, and then they. They in, the, he was in, they talked about him, and he was part of Assassin's Creed 2. Like, it felt like a sequel yeah. because Mario acknowledged him, Ezio acknowledged him, Desmond acknowledged him. We even had a little memory with him where we got to play as him. So it's like he's not forgotten. And then Brotherhood was 
I mean, was more about Ezio and Desmond. And then Revelations, again, was... Altair was a huge point of that. And, like, that's kind of... If yeah. you're not going to do a direct sequel with a character, at least have him be relevant to the characters in the next game, I think is a way of doing it. And they haven't done that since Ezio and Altair. Like... With three, Connor's mm. pretty much never mentioned again, other than, like, little tiny throwaway things, like where, um, what's his name, Belek, uh, this talks about, like, Altair, Ezio, Connor, like, when he's talking to Arno. It's kind of like little things like that, little throwaway lines, whereas Altair was integral to the Ezio trilogy and to Desmond, so, you know, it's mm. th- if you're not going to do a trilogy, do it the way they did Altair, is, I think, how I would look at it. Yeah, I, d- I still think Altair... I mean, he's pretty... I mean, Ezio's obviously my favourite assassin, but Altair's, you know, a close second um, in terms of narrative because even to me still, when I play Assassin's Creed 1, there's still an aura of mystery around that whole assassin culture and creed as an organisation because they live in a fucking castle on a mountain in Syria. (laughs) How the fuck did that happen? Like, even then, I'm still like, that's a powerful, mysterious order. What kind of influence and things have they done to lead up to that? So, you know, I'm interested in this time period that leads to Assassin's Creed 1 with the Assassins. Because there's so much there. So much there. That still interests me, anyway. Even after Altair has had so much story told. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. What else do we have? I've I got a massive list here, but we've barely touched on any of it because we've just I this I knew this would happen. One as soon as there's the four of us on, I'm like ah, you don't really need to have much planned. We're just going to talk and talk and talk. It'll be fantastic. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of Origins or Assassin's Creed or the Community Mentors Guild stuff? I mean, we've kind of touched on a lot of stuff in the last two and a half hours. Uh, well, I, nothing <clears throat> on my end. I think we covered a pretty good spectrum. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, to, I don't know. Yeah, everyone's gonna yeah really really enjoy this discussion. Uh, um, I wanted to kind of maybe move on from Assassin's Creed. There's there's a couple of you know topics going on that I wanted to talk about. Um, one was that Nick brought a topic to me before the podcast. Uh, that he wanted to discuss. I'm pretty sure Nick's still here. I really hope he is. I think he just muted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, still here. But one of this is uh, I guess involved the community, but this is just completely off of video games at this point. But just to kind of uh, have a good discussion, I think Luma would be great for, to hear your perspective from it because um, you've gone through, you know, similar things as well. So our friend mm. uh, Brett or Ubisoft, people who don't know, he's just moved states. He's just moved out of home, and uh, well, he he was already living out of his parents, you know, from his parents or anything, but move states, move cities across the country from Florida to the state of Washington, literally the opposite side of the country um, in every way. And Nick, you're doing the same. You're about to leave home and go over to Europe for like a year uh, is your plan, isn't it? Yeah, going to move to in, I think it's 17 days, I'm moving to London and I'm going to stay in London for a few months and then I'm going to backpack around Europe for another few months. So you, you brought up a topic. Do you want to you bring it up and kind of talk about that? Well, yeah, like, um, so moving away from your support structure is kind of a big deal, I think, um, especially into a city that you've never been to before. Like, I've never been to London before, um, like, at all. I don't know how much Brett has gone to where he's moving to. I don't know if he said what city in Washington he's moved to, but, um, or where, where in Washington he's moving to, but, like, 
I think that moving away from friends and family is like a huge thing and like it can be difficult to make new friends or kind of get a kind of structure going and I know Tyler you have done that before you literally have moved cities away from pretty much everything that you know your friends and family and stuff and you got set up in your city so I was curious to hear what you might think if you had any tips uh, for someone moving to um, somewhere new and trying to get settled oh yeah yeah no I get you Luma have you done that like or are your family in the in California oh no no I don't have any family in California I went to so I mean I left my family behind when I went to school in Pittsburgh uh, for college and then after that I moved to Boston for like five years um, working and then I moved here to California about five years ago as well and so the last like 15 years have been without um, none of my family has lived in any of those places and so kind of been uprooted each time so what was that experience like for you? I've got I've got my own own perspectives, but for you when you first left home, because I know a lot of there's a, a lot of people that listen to this are quite young or at least come into that age where they're you know finishing high school or moving on to college or university or so forth. So I think this is a great discussion to have. So when Nick brought it up, I wanted yeah. to hear, you know, what, so where do you sit on that? How was it for oh, you? Oh, I I think it's I think it's always pretty much been a good experience. I'm a big proponent of. Um, doing things in your life every like you know maybe three to five years you should probably make at least one big life change that's kind of terrifying and mm -hmm. I think absolutely I think that's um, <laughs> because otherwise it's too easy to just kind of grow stagnant and it pretty much always works out like you know friends wise like you know like I just quit my job like a month ago and that was slightly terrifying it was a pretty good job like but like as, as I get older, really, I should be called, like, the, the grandfather of the, the Ace of Thrones, <laughs> like, like, fucking old. <laughs> but, like, but, like, as I've gotten older, like, you just, you, I think you just get more and more, you, you just realize more and more that, like, at the end of the day, there's very few things that actually, um, it's easy to worst case scenario a lot of things. Like, oh, what if I move somewhere and, like, I just don't meet any friends and I'm just all alone and super lonely and it's like really easy to kind of focus on that but like once you take kind of leaps um a few times you realize that pretty much almost always works out and pretty much always works out for the better so I don't know if I have much in the way of like really specific tips like oh go to like your local bar or so, I don't know like nothing as much as that but just don't uh don't worry about if you're worried about it try not to worry as much and have a little, uh, try to have a little faith that things in life generally work out pretty well, no matter, as long as like your basic needs are met, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, the terms of being terrifying is a great word because that's what it is at first. I mean, I have been, I left the state and city that I grew up in, you know, almost three years ago now. And mm -hmm. When I when I moved from from Brisbane in Queensland down to Melbourne, Victoria, and it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. But by far, not even close, the best decision I ever made in my life, because like you change so much, and you know you give up. You the the first thing is you got to want to do it. So to anyone that's just like you know listening to this that thinks, you know I I want to move out of home and go to this place or go to that place, or that would sound good. 
the the number one thing is you have to want to do it. You know, you can't be a half-assed sort of thing because you're, you're giving up everything, really, that you know in life, the, the, your day-to-day waking up where you wake up, the people you see on a regular basis, the place you work, you know, that sort of thing. You, it, you, it is a lot to give up, but it doesn't mean uh, it's going to be bad or anything because my life I- in Melbourne is the best it's ever been, uh, you know, and mm. the things I've got to do, the opportunities I've had. And in terms of when it comes to like making friends and stuff, I mean, honestly, for you, Nick, or, or for Brett, I recommend, I know this is very, for me, this is probably what I'd do. I mean, I was lucky because I, you know, went to university when I moved here. So I made f- friends through the job I have. And then I made th- friends through, you know, studying, you know, you kind of work with people and then you network. And I got a bunch of opportunities real quick um, for outside projects as well. So I, I was very lucky um, in that sense. But, if I was going to move, because I'm planning in two years to move to my, at least in my head is LA, is to go to the America, and, and and live out of there for to do you know stand up and to do you know Dude, that's filmmaking sick. I didn't and know stuff. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's in my head. That's my next step. I've got a couple of years. I want to save and work and stuff. I want to, you know, I want to have. Uh, my goal by 2019 is to have a, my own comedy show on the Co- Melbourne Comedy Festival and then from there be able to go to LA, you know, the capital of film and the capital of comedy. Uh, the two things I, I love most um, to be able to really do that sort of stuff. So, plus I think moving's a big thing. And I, as much as I thought, I thought when I moved to Melbourne, I'd be in Melbourne for 20 years. You know, I just thought, because this is in Australia, this is the place to be for media and, and yeah. entertainment. But. I realized after doing what I've done uh, at university that I'm like, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with the city. Not in a bad way. I, this is, this will always be a part of my home. I was born here originally before I moved as a kid, but this will always be a, a second home to me. Um, but you just kind of realize you get inspiration for other things. And I think Luma, you say the best, you kind of, I think you have to shock your life. It's kind of an addiction. Is it, don't you reckon like the feeling <laughs> I, I'm kind of addicted to being terrified and uneasy because it's such, yeah. it's such a rewarding thing. The risk reward yeah. for it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. It's you after you've done it a couple of times, like kind of shaken up your life a little bit, you realize, I think that it's a really great way to grow as a person, especially when you're moving. Absolutely. Like I'm a big, big advocate to um like kind of live and visit as many places as you really can because like the people you meet in all these places the experience you have with different cultures i think is one of the uh like one of the biggest ways to kind of grow like as an adult uh yeah uh and so i'm like a huge advocate for doing that and advocate for doing that and so i i could totally see how you can kind of get the itch to do that if you've been feeling you stayed in one place for too long feeling a little stagnant if you've seen kind of like uh how beneficial it can be uh yeah in the past yeah yeah i think that's where i'm at and i think like you said it doesn't just have to be moving it could be traveling go when i went to you know and i did italy and stuff that for me was before i did that before i moved um so i was still at home that was my first experience of even going overseas uh, and i was on my own i was just with you know one of my best mates and to Mm. see those things and experience that was and a whole different culture that speaks a different language. That's its own thing. That's its own amazing experience. Yeah. And for, for you, Nick, going to you know Europe and you're not just staying in one place, you're going to be going to jump into different places is amazing. And I think you're, you are a social person, Nick, and I think you're going to find it easier than maybe you think. But I do 
you really have to stick your neck out. And I think, honestly, this might sound a bit ridiculous, but this is what I'm, I would do if I were you. I'd be getting on Tinder hard when you're <laughs> when I'm somewhere. I have set it up. I'm being, so, I'm being dead. I'm being dead serious because like, oh, you man. know, a lot of people that, you know, you meet on those sides, like a lot of the descriptions, lots of these girls are just like, I've just, I've just moved to Melbourne or just traveling to Melbourne. It's like some people, like it's not even, it's honestly, it's not even about just fucking people. I'm just saying it's, um, the world is your oyster, Nick, and you got to fuck it. <laughs> just fuck not Melbourne. where I expected the conversation to go. <laughs> My advice to you is just get all the AIDS, but no. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, just, uh, just, just, if you haven't had sex with someone from every country in Europe, I'm going to be disappointed. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I would never say that. That is ludicrous. And please do it. I'll be mad. No, I'm joking. I swear to God. Um, no, but you can meet, just meet people, make friends through there. You know, it is a weird way to do it. Um, I'd, I would yeah, go to bit. things like, for me, the thing I look forward to and in my head when I'm thinking about going to like LA is I want to be involved in film and comedy. You know, I'm going to go to every open mic comedy night I can go to. And you just meet from, from in Melbourne scene, you just meet people within the first couple of times I went, it did stand up. You know, I've, you make such great friends. I was lucky. I had a friend that brought me into it. So I already had one of my closest friends doing it, but you make connections and you just sit there and you talk to people after, because most of the time there's not a single person there. That's not a comedian. It's just like, 15 comedians not laughing at each other's jokes and you're all they're all fucking miserable sometimes or sometimes they're all in a great mood and all drunk but at the end of the night everyone just kind of stays has a beer and chats to each other and talks shit and you just kind of end up adding people on facebook and all of a sudden you have a connection or you bring something up in conversation like i brought up with someone that oh, i'm doing film and i love to film and they told me they filmed for a pro wrestling organization so I started filming uh, for pro wrestling within before I even started university. Like I moved for university before I even had my first class. I was already filming for this uh, Melbourne pro wrestling company. And I met a bunch of people I used to watch as a kid in WWE. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So just by like going out and being social and putting yourselves in those positions, you just meet people. And if you have a real conversation with someone, it's very surprising uh, at first that the people that are in those positions that you talk to – have the same mindset you do. That's why they're there. So you'll be surprised how much in common you have with those people and how quickly and easy it is to actually find opportunities from there. So for you, Nick, it's about, I think, going out there and being social in a sense of you're going there for experience, right? Like, are you, yeah. do you plan on working? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to work there too. I got the, um, there's some special visa I can that I got that I have because of my New, uh, New Zealand citizenship. I can stay and live and work in the UK for two years. Well, for really. you, it would be when it comes to working. That's where you you know make friends and ask people. Oh, you guys want to go out for a drink or something? But for sure, get Tinder seriously, and it's not. Dude, I have Tinder. I set it up just for this. Okay, good. Then you're doing the right thing. Already in good hands. Like, uh, yeah, I like where your head's at. <laughs> but no, um, just be friends with them and fuck. But, you know, that's just... Yeah. I'm a scumbag. As we've discussed on this podcast. But, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. And for Brett, obviously, good luck to him. I know I just saw the tweet. His, his car's arrived. Old Bumblebee's arrived at his place. I love um, his car so much. 
it's it's just a, I just advocate for you know like you said Lima shake up your life just do things but you've got to want to do it because it's it's very hard so you you've got to want it enough or else it's very easy to kind of quit but at the same time this was my mindset when I moved was I was like what's the worst case scenario uh, I run out of money uh, nothing goes right and I go back to exactly where I was before but at least I have however long I last it's amount of experience of trying to do it you know you yeah. you you win or you learn if you if you're doing something you're out there trying you can't lose you can only learn from it or you can win you know there's always wins yeah. to be had okay yeah I think that's well said um it's a Thank great you for that great, one Tyler yeah that's all right Appreciate that's right James it. That's okay. James, when are you moving out of home? <laughs> Fuck off. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Julie and Stu want you the fuck out of their house at this point. I'm sure they do too. We'll, we'll get there. Do they ever bring, do they ever bring it up do. with you? They're like, James, what are you still no. doing here? Really? <laughs> How old are you, James? Don't worry, I'm 20. Okay. And they're not telling you. Nah, don't worry, we'll get around to it. My, my, I mean, I'm not going to stay here forever, obviously. The next couple of years. God, I well, hope uh, not. Jesus Obviously. Christ. Yeah, the next couple of years, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, you know, going to do something. But, the, I mean, my main goal for now is setting up, because, like, I'm obviously wanting to do a lot with YouTube, so I'm going into that, trying to do it, and, you know, we'll see where that takes me. But regardless of that, within the next year or two, I'm planning on moving yep. out, so... Your, your parents are so patient. It's crazy. They're wonderful it's people. I love them. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, they're so understanding. It's fantastic. But I guess <laughs> you've also got you've also got George there, so it's easier, like, it was easy for my older brother, you know, still being at home do, with uni mm -hmm. when I was still in high school. Like, it's not really a discussion that gets brought up, but as soon as I moved out, because I moved out before my, my brother has, yeah. and my parents are like, uh, okay, bro, let's get the fuck out of the house. Your younger <laughs> brother's out. You need to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So just you just got to move out before George. That's the key for you. Sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure I will. I hope anyway. Pretty, pretty sure you will. <laughs> pretty sure I will. Thanks, bro. Um... <laughs> We got some cool news uh, in the last 24 hours. We did. Which is Obi-Wan standalone Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Fuck yes. Love it. As long as it's Ewan McGregor. If it's anyone else. Oh, it's gotta be. Who the fuck else yeah. is it gonna be? Yeah. I mean, I think if I... they're going for Oro, there was a brief rumor, like, because there are, there are really early talks about the thing in the first place. There's no script or anything. Yeah. But they said if they go. There is an idea that they might go origin story, similar to the Dong Han Solo. And if mm. they are going origin story, then Ewan would be too old. What is a what is a youngling? Like who fucking cares? Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like, like what are they going to do? Mean? Like we've seen like Obi Wan, you know, in the Phantom As Menace. Like, do we need to see him any younger yeah. than that? Like, who fucking cares about that? Let's see some stuff. Yeah. In between <laughs> Revenge of the Sith I'm and holding... A New Hope, like let's get that shit. Like, you know, we've seen some stuff like yeah, that's happening in Rebels, awesome. like with Obi Wan and Darth Maul. Like, there's so many more stories that could happen during his time on Tatooine. So, fucking do that what kind of What kind of story do you guys want to see from it? Do you want it to be a space adventure, Obi-Wan Jedi film? Or do you want it to be a real, a real grounded... Philosophical. Okay. Philosophical That's what I want. ...movie where there's... He doesn't leave Tatooine. He doesn't even use his lightsaber. He, I, have, I have five words. My five-word okay. pitch. Okay? Okay. Yeah. John Wick, but Star Wars. 
<laughs> I haven't seen John Wick, but dude, okay, relax. <laughs> relax. You haven't seen fucking John Wick. Why it's one of the only Blu-rays I own. I have three Blu-rays, and John Wick is one of them. Why is everyone so defensive of that movie? I'm not talking shit about it for God's sake. I haven't seen it either, but I've heard good things. Last five years. It's really good. I haven't seen Chapter Two yet. Why is he it good? Why dog, is it good? Like what? Dog like what? What are you talking? About? Sell it to me, go Nick. Why is it good? Why should I watch it? Hey, I'll sell. I'll sell it to you. Guy Keanu Reeves loves his dog a lot and kills people about a dog. That's all I know about. Hey, it. That, so, that sounds like the story of Watch Dogs. Only like Aiden Pierce One kills of... people over his niece. Yeah, except he's a lot less bitchy than Aiden. Um, so I would just Fair say enough. it's, you know. Action movies have become far too elaborate and clunky and unnecessary in the last 10 years or so. John Wick pulls it all back and makes it really, really simple in a brilliant way that there's depth if you look into it, but you can absolutely enjoy it on the face value. And the action sequences are absolutely astounding. Um, he does all of his own stunts, like every single stunt is him, and he did like nine months of nine to five training on weekdays to be able to do these films it's and the story is brilliant it's a very simple story but it's awesome and it's intriguing and there's a lot yeah that's fucking it's god damn it guys everyone Jesus. Needs to watch it. Okay, so, I'll watch it. So I'll watch aggressive. it. All right. So, does if if you're saying if you're saying John Wick but Star Wars, would I ask is that would you make a, him use a lightsaber or would that be something he just doesn't do? He just left it behind. It's too much pain. I think it was, they could they could use it like because what I want is basically the the Tatooine story where there's an older Obi Wan he's left his name Obi Wan behind he's going by Ben now and something happens where he's forced to stop being just the old man in the desert and he has to come back to being an action rock star briefly. <laughs> um, and then he, there's a scene when he's like pouring sand through his hands he's like just when I thought I was out. <laughs> and i think they could use the lightsaber like maybe for like one or two scenes he gets it right at the very end like the like the body sword off shotgun in the original mad max like it's iconic of the character now but maybe we only see it pretty briefly and those briefly brief scenes are the best part because of that Mm. or they could not use it at all and he could just be a badass and just have guns and shit I mean, uh, sure. I mean, the th- the thing with the thing with Obi Wan now. Yeah, the thing. The, you've got. I you've you've got. That's what was missing from Obi Wan. <laughs> like dual wielding pistol. Yeah. I'm trying to make a point, yeah, that's what I, and I can't do it. I'm saying this on Tatooine. Let's do it. Ben shot first. Ben shot first. I swear. The thing with the thing with Obi Wan is now that he's been in Rebels. Like, has he been in Rebels? So yeah. he doesn't stay on Tatooine. He does leave Tatooine. No, he's in. No, he's he's on Tatooine. It's it's a it's only in one episode, um, and it's his like for because like over the course of Clone Wars and then Rebels, he has this like vendetta with Darth Maul. It's done really really well. The writing's fantastic. Those are the best parts of Clone Wars and Rebels to me. Is the Darth Maul story? Is and... this the Darth Maul where he's like replaces bottom half of his body with like a spider body? Okay, no, 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 no. Like, no. He's okay. Darth so he Maul. escapes. So he escapes Naboo, <laughs> and then he's a spider. But after that, he gets like resurrected <laughs> by the by the like like, they, they, like the sisters. But after the, 
after the Spider-Man Chronicles. Um, just forget the, the just just forget the spider bit and everything else is wonderful. Just forget the spider bit. Um, okay. After that, everything else. I mean, even the writing when he's the spider is great. It's just the the fact that he's a spider is fucking <laughs> retarded. But like the writing, the way that he's like obsessed with Kenobi and everything is done really well. Like the way that he's kind of gone insane with like, this this like hating Kenobi and everything is is he's way better in those like Clone Wars and Rebels than he is in the Phantom Menace. Um, but the fact but the fact that uh, Kenobi is in Rebels for that one episode, um, you've kind of got to tie that in in a way. I don't like. I mean, it's it's kind of like just there. But like, I guess you could build. It's it's weird when they have things inside media, then you've kind of got to do it in a movie, but it's still canon. So I mean, they've kind of got to consider that. But I guess I don't know. I mean, we know we know he was on Tatooine the whole time because he's got to watch over Luke. It'd be kind of irresponsible if he like kind of fucked off for a bit to go like get a space beer or something. I don't know. What do you do when you want to pop out? I don't know. Like. It's it's kind of got to all be on Tatooine if you're doing that that period. But what if so. he has? A, okay, I'm gonna go real theoretical with this. Okay. What if he has? He has a space car that he drives around a on Tatooine. Space car, like a speeder. A Russian. A Russian. Yeah, sure. A Russian okay. kid a Russian? comes up okay. and he says, <laughs> "Yeah." A Russian kid. <laughs> a Tatooine Russian kid comes okay. up and says he likes the car. Okay. And Obi Wan's like, "There's not for sale." Okay. And the okay. Russian kid's like, yeah, sure, everything's got a price. And then he's like, and he speaks Russian, and he's like, not this one. And then he, then the Russian kid follows him back to his house. He kills Obi-Wan's space dog, takes oh, his space car. No. <laughs> is, this, is this John Wick? This is John Wick. Just give me the plot to John Wick? Is that it's what you're doing? Right? <laughs> Obi-Wan has to track down this Russian kid, because it turns out he's part of the Russian mob, and his dad is the head honcho of the Russian mob, and he works his way through the Russian so, mob. So what you're talking about? You know, you should totally doing, do this. So You've been telling me about this movie you want me to watch, and now you're spoiling that movie for me. Is that what you're trying to do right now? Is that your theory first five, here? First five minutes, but yeah. Okay. Um. So. Not gonna lie, gonna you go could with... you could kind of do that though. Like you could have like a little kind of. I mean, obviously, Obi Wan doesn't have a. They steal dog, his lightsaber. Like, you know, little, you know. I mean, they yeah, could. I mean, I feel yeah, like there's mobsters. We have those sand people that he clearly has some kind of experience with. Yeah, he could be attacked by it. anyone. Like, I mean, he got like a, like a Darth Maul had a vendetta with him. I'm sure there's a plenty of other people who are like, "Fuck Obi Wan Kenobi." He's done a lot of shit during the Clone Wars. Could, like, I got a question. I got a question, James. Okay. You because you've watched the Darth Maul stuff. Would okay. it be possible to set up an Obi Wan movie where somehow Darth Maul gets you know a hint onto Obi Wan, and it, that's kind of the storyline? That is Darth Rebels. That, that, yeah, but does that's, Darth that's, Maul that's... die? Do you want me to spoil it? No. But like, is it so? All I'm asking here is, James, is it possible that Darth Maul shows up in an Obi Wan standalone movie no. or not? No. Okay, great. I feel like that's okay. iffy because we, if for the people who've only seen the films, they'd be reintroducing Darth Maul out of completely nowhere. Yes, you, know? you really couldn't do it. So they'd have to do that very well. That's why he's in Clone because Wars and Rebels that. because then that's a continuing storyline where people can. Like, extended media, people can just obviously stay up to date. But if you're doing it in a movie, that would be weird for him to just come out and be like, wait, Darth Maul from the first one? Yeah, and then, one? like, they have to go do this flashback thing. There's like, he was a spider for a bit. Let's just ignore that. He was a spider for a bit, then he, then he got don't big horns. You don't have to flashback it. You don't have to flashback it. You can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. It's better no, but because he back. hasn't been seen for, like, 18 he years by the time this game... He killed a lot of people. Darth Maul did a lot of shit. He fought like Darth Vader at one point. Like he did a lot of shit. What? Why was he fighting? Okay. He didn't. Okay, he didn't fight Darth Vader, but he came into contact with Darth Vader. 
can you set a trap for like Obi-Wan in the movie and be like, step into my web? And it'd be like, oh, <laughs> he was a spider for five minutes in the Clone Wars. <laughs> Still Come dumb, on, though. Jack. Still definitely dumb, though. Yeah. Why was he a spider? I don't know. Oh. Like, I can understand him repairing like his broken limbs out of things he found, but I don't know why he made himself a spider. Like, it doesn't really. Yeah. Do they have spiders in space? I've never seen one. I've like, now changed my mind, one. and I want Desmond back in the series, but only if he comes back as a half-mecha spider. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> everyone's always like, they should bring back Desmond, and now I'm just going to be like, only as a mecha spider. That'd be fantastic. But, yeah, and, but, I, but, but, I want, but I want a montage at the start where he's like training as the mecha spider on like a treadmill and got stuff, Obstogo <laughs> stuff attached to him, and they're like, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. And then oh, he's just God. like running, and then he's running on roofs and sp- like a webs and shit like that and i was like this is perfect scuttering I mean, scuttling like, along like. <laughs> obi-wan did teach luke that great power comes with great responsibility and obi-wan had to learn that from somewhere so it could have been darth maul that taught him it from his experience as a spider <laughs> you know it's funny because because just tyler once called oh, don't, don't. once called uncle owen uncle ben which was luke's <laughs> uncle like <laughs> Oh, maybe I was onto something. Maybe I was onto something. Maybe, maybe. Why don't we just bring Tom Holland in at this point? Really, he can be he can be Darth Maul. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. No, but he he can play a young Luke Skywalker. Oh, actually, 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 I would not object to that. Okay, yes, you would. Oh, I would. That's Get what? Mark Tom Hamill Holland, back. Like, young Luke. Mark Hamill can kneel, and he can just be yeah, a young but, Luke. We've already got a young Luke. It's called Mark Hamill in the seventies. What are we doing? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't I mean, need a Luke, would you? Would you need? Nah, you don't like need Luke. This ridiculous Han Solo movie. We, we don't, don't need absolutely him. do not need him. But like a young young Luke, Tom Holland. I do. I'm do enjoy Tom Holland very much. I so. like Tom Holland, but maybe not as yeah, Luke Skywalker. Like, but... have, have have we talked about We're Donald Glover playing Lando um, Calrissian yet? Because that. Is the best thing on the planet to me. That's probably the only good cast. I'm like, I, I can, I can yeah. get, there. I can fuck with that. It's the best cast. For the that we didn't ask for, and is probably going to not be very good. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, but Donald at least Donald Glover as Lando will be the highlight of my entire life. That so. would be good. Yeah, yeah maybe agree. just re- maybe relax. It'll be good. I think cast Lando though. If that's the most exciting thing in your life, though, you're about to move overseas, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, but like. Yeah, sure, living in another country that you've never been to before, but also Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, as Lando Calrissian. I mean, I guess it's like so. a, It's like a 50-50 thing for me. Like, which one's more exciting? I mean, it will be good. That's yeah, true. sure, I guess. Super weird, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got a hard-on for Donald Glover. I mean, um, I love him, so too. So, if we don't see John McBeth Star Wars... What's your idea for a Ben Kenobi? Because, like, James Just mentioned him. that he really can't leave Tatooine. He can't. He doesn't the, leave yeah. Tatooine, ever. He doesn't leave Tatooine. He stays that's, on yeah, Tatooine. That, he he the promised only... Yoda. He'd be a fucking asshole if he left Tatooine. Yeah, and there's a... He's supposed to be in hiding and everything. It's yeah, crazy. He just there's only, there's only yeah, three, three things I, I want to see from it. It is Ewan McGregor on Tatooine doesn't and is scared to use the lightsaber or reveal he's a jedi like that's a dark memory for him it's real tough i want it to be a real personal torn storyline where it's like a lot of mental anxiety he's going through about and withdrawals 
Where that leads can't... you know that that leads up and i think that qui-gon could make an appearance because that would lead in super well to his appearance in rebels that leads in incredibly well to a new hope so i think that would make a lot of sense yeah i agree um and maybe even kind of mirror what luke ends up doing in the future uh, right where you know you have this story where luke's isolated you this would kind of be like a movie version but for obi-wan of what happens later to luke of maybe he has his own ideas of the future of the jedi but obi-wan never gets to act upon them right mm. and he, he's yeah. just i won't say obi-wan's a bit more hurt than luke is because you don't really know what happened to luke it sounds like his like whole life and family were killed so i'm sure That's he true. went through some shit but we just don't know yet until Jedi comes out right so I don't know. I don't really have uh, any predictions what I want to see other than there's a couple of restrictions you have to stick to. Number one being Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, yes, Ewan McGregor. Everything 100%. can go fuck itself. Yeah. Yep. If there's no Ewan McGregor, it's, I kind of don't care about the movie anymore. That's why I want It'll be movie. Ewan McGregor. It has to be Ewan McGregor. Because you've still got, you've got the actor that's the perfect age to play that role. So Definitely. I and he was – he did come back for Force Awakens. He voiced a line in Force Awakens as Obi-Wan. So yeah, Hugh McGregor does have – he has worked with Disney. So like – and he was on um, Sleeping Beauty, that movie. So he's, he's got connections with Disney. So He said as well like multiple he times he wants to be involved. Yeah, 100%. If they are, he's like, if they ask me, I'm on board. So Yeah, Obi-Wan but with Hugh McGregor but written well, like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Hey, James. Hello. Um, Origins parody. Origins parody. You, yeah, it's happening. You, you like leak that? When's it? Give me more info. I need <laughs> to know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard about any of this. What, um, uh, okay. what do I know about it? I'll sum up the uh, Origins parody. Oh, and, done for it. Wait. Um, some words. Go, 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 I don't know. go ahead, Nick. Okay. John Wick, but Egypt. <laughs> okay. Fuck off. Yeah. That would be an Origins parody, though. Nah, Egyptian dog. Egypt, Russian oh, to be kid. Oh yeah, Egyptian eagle, Russian yeah. kid, in Egypt, kills um, chariot instead of car. There you go. It Nick. all it all substitutes in, doesn't it? Sure. Okay, okay, Nick. Maybe you need to let John Wick go a bit. Maybe. <laughs> no, I feel very strongly about this. Oh, well, it sounds like you're crying. So I do. I feel <laughs> your emotions right now. I get that. No, for sure, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. But maybe not, though, huh? Um, <laughs> James, when's the Origins coming out? I don't know yet. How far are you through development? But no, yeah, I, but we, did, we finished it, kind of-ish. Oh, you finished writing it or recording it? Both. Okay, you for sure. Oh. After this podcast, you're going to send me the assets you've got. Please, I, I need do. to hear this. I might Yeah, do. please do that. We're getting okay. there. Yeah, I was really upset when I saw you tweet that. I'm like, I, I did not know you were doing I don't want to say just... anything yet. I, it came out of nowhere. Like, literally, like, I was I, I arranged to, I was arranged with Luke. I was like, like we weren't even going to be working on anything. I was just like, just come over and we'll just just hang out. And then all of a sudden we made a fucking song. And I was like, oh, okay. So it happened. And then I was like, okay, I'll tweet it out to get everyone fucking excited. And hopefully it'll do better than the one for Syndicate did, because that did fucking appalling. But um, <laughs> but you're yeah. so, but Unite Unite is so good. Still, Unite's some of my favorite of all the songs. Unite you've has a hundred and four thousand views. Okay, so well, that's good. So does Defy as well. They're relatively similar in views. Whereas Take a Stand so, didn't even break twenty k. 
What about the, what about the bloodstream parody, the hunter one for rogue? Fifty k. I think it did fifty k. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Those are our top three: unite, defy, and hunter. So take us down. So absolutely yeah. no ETA at all. No broad like before origins launch. Day, it'll be, it'll be before. It'll be before origins. Yeah. Just don't know when. Okay. I don't. I, I just. I just like. I mean. So I know I'll finish it month? soon, but I can. I can narrow this down. This month. I don't think it'll, I don't know because I because if if, if I finish September. it it'll this month I'll still release it later I'll just like schedule it and I'll just leave it up and I'll just spend like a couple of like weeks hyping it up. And so was, what end of know. September, start of October? Probably. I was think I was thinking first week of October. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, just... Established. If it doesn't, yeah. we riot. <laughs> you would. Okay. Well, relax though. Um... <laughs> But that the your, the, the, pa the parody stuff definitely inspired me, James. I was like, shit. Yeah. Uh, all I was thinking about was free roam for justice, and I was like, and then I got I got onto that, and then I just wrote, all I wrote out. The first thing I wrote out was a bunch of questions I have, and then I sent those questions to you because I'm like, James, you're the person that actually takes the law keeper, the law keeper seriously of this storyline. I'm like, what do I do here? What do I do here? And you're just like, no, nope, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. What a fucking person. <laughs> Yep, good, great, great questions, and this is why I come to you for this, is so I don't screw up the entire idea of this ridiculous free roam series where I do a Batman parody impression. Uh, yeah, I don't it's... understand how this is what it is, but hilarious. Look, I, if, if anyone's going to take it seriously, I am. I take everything too seriously. Um, That's true. You've, you've got to keep the law to this. Even if no one else cares, It's at least it's there. Well, people got it, were excited when I tweeted it out, but yeah, I'm very excited for season three. Oh, and so I think right. it's going to be a really, really good idea. I've already started, like, working on your stuff in it and, like, how I'm going to start and finish it. Because I've had the ending of the whole f series I, that I did when I did season origin, Zorigin or whatever. I still don't know how I pronounce it in my own show. Um, Zorigin. But, yeah, Zorigin. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, but, yeah, I still I kind of came up with how I was going to end it there. So I was just like, okay. But then I'm like, do I end it with three? Do I keep going? I don't know. Fucking... Keep it open. Like, end it, but keep it open. So, like, if I'm you ever gonna... wanted uh, to do it again, you can. It. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to say that, whether I would or wouldn't do that. I'm saying Because it, it kind of... As a suggestion. Over. I'm saying it as a suggestion. You don't have to do it, but do it. That's a good point. Um... Any, I've still got list stuff, but, I mean, we've gone for three hours. Is we there anything anyone the wants three. to bring bring up? There's Uncharted The Lost Legacies coming out next week. That looks pretty fun. That's exciting. Um, and there's not much else going on in the news other than, I don't know, biggest fight in combat sports history happens next Saturday, August 26th, McGregor <laughs> versus Floyd Mayweather. So happen. if no one's watching that, get your shit on that. I've taken the whole weekend off work for this fight. <laughs> You're insane. I can't wait. Didn't you yeah, say you well, took four yeah. days off? I've taken four days off of four work. Four days. For, 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 uh, okay. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So, what are you doing for those four enough. days? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm flying home to Brisbane. I'm gonna, okay. I've got like a party I'm doing for the fight. I've got to buy like I'm going to out uh, after the fight. So I'm going to buy a nice uh, – I've already organized. i got this nice green shirt I want to buy, like real nice done up – green shirt to to represent like to to rep uh to celebrate in the after party you're gonna go out have some drinks with friends so i'm just gonna be all cleaned up wearing some nice dapper green in celebration for conor mcgregor knocking out floyd mayweather becoming the greatest athlete the world has ever seen mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so aren't you gonna get a tattoo 
if he does. I will, um, if, if Conor McGregor knocks out Floyd Mayweather, I will get a 49 and 1 tattoo. Okay. Okay. I support this. Yeah. That's, yeah, I will uh, hold you to that. I'm not going to get it like the week after, but I will when I start, because I've got a bunch of tattoos I'm getting. When I do, that'll be one of them. I'm not going to Oh, so you're not it. just getting it there. You're going to wait and, uh, okay, well, it's I'm not really look, as good, to... but... Oh, God, shut the fuck up. Get a... <laughs> Where are you going to get the tattoo? I, I, I didn't sign a contract. Get out of here. Um, uh, it depends. Well, that's why I want to work out my other tattoos first, so I can get it in amongst that rather than get that, and then I'm like, shit, now I have to get all my tattoos around it. Because I don't want a bunch of tattoos all over the place. I kind of just want them on one place, one area-ish. Your forehead. Get them all on your forehead. My, my left arm. Uh, I'm going to have 49 and 1 tear dropping out of my eyes. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, um, anything else? I think we're, we're pretty much done. So, guys, Nick, Luma, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I had such a fun time. It was really this great was discussion. This is a good podcast. Um, to have with you guys. Yeah. And um, to touch on all the things we did, I think were really important uh, for the audience to listen to, for my, for, for James. Uh, you know, I feel uh, a lot better about this whole mentors guild thing or, or at least you know i've got a new perspective on it which is really nice and just to have mm. that open discourse is always nice for me uh yeah so oh, awesome yeah so thanks guys again and we'll uh, obviously um in the next you know few months uh, as origins comes out before and after i'd love to get both of you guys on at different times uh all together again and we can talk origins more and things like that always love having you guys on sweet thanks for having me yeah thanks man Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tyler. You're welcome, James, uh, on fun. your channel. Well, that's my channel. It's a ton of my vlogs. I've whooped <laughs> your ass in the multiplayer battle. Speaking um. of, <laughs> Luma, if you ever want, if oh. you ever want, I'd, I'd, I would love to battle you in Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Um, did you ever, did you see the one-on-one -on -one series James and I did, by the way? I don't think I saw it, but I vaguely... You like I don't remember know. it was around. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. And I think it. somebody might have been like, oh, 1v1 Tyler or James or something. And I was like, what? Oh, or like, oh, well, what, uh, is, yeah. what is 1v1? Is it like manhunts? Like, oh, we, we uh, did different games. Or... We did different games. Dude, oh, it's so fucking hilarious. It's so great. I play, I play this character because I told James when we were organizing this multiplayer battle. Um, it started off as a joke that we took it seriously, but I've watched, you know, I spent my whole life watching WWE and UFC, right? Um, so <laughs> I, I said to him, I'm like, James, you're the big YouTuber here out of the two of us. You're going to be the good guy. I'm going to play the bad guy. So I'm wearing, <laughs> like my idea and concept was I'm, I'm sitting down, we're battling each other and we've got like cam uh, cameras on us. Um, we did like promos, like documentary promos where I'm just talking mad shit to him and doing training videos and stuff for it. And <laughs> In the actual battle, I'm wearing a suit and talking about how good-looking I am and how much better dressed everybody else that's watching. So, like, like I'm playing just some asshole bad guy character. He's actually the Tynamite. I'm Tyler. The Tynamite is that asshole that wears a suit and tries to talk shit to everybody. So on that, I was calling out like everybody and like, oh, I'm gonna battle. I'm gonna battle this person. I'm gonna battle that person. I'm gonna do this. So like, if you watch it, just know he's a completely fake person, not me at all. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just really hilarious. fun. I got... It's so fun. I releasing those was so fun. Seeing everyone's reactions to it, being like, like who they were rooting for and everything. And obviously, we knew who won and who lost. We're not going to ruin it if anyone hasn't seen it. You got to watch that. <laughs> I, I, oh, and I, I narrow. I... Yeah, yeah, and Nick was the commentator. We'll see. But I, uh... we'll see. I, 
I don't know if that quite fits with my <laughs> style, but <laughs> I was just that like, pretty funny. Um, it's great. You should definitely check it out. And give that I a watch. did. Uh, right, yeah. I did get endless death threats um, from that because people took it really <laughs> seriously. A lot of people didn't know me, but I did tell James. I told James. Uh, I said if I don't get uh, like forty death threats, I I'm not going to be happy. Um, I got, I reckon, almost a hundred. That was a like lot at least... of people so mad. James, oh. you're upset. You're really upset about it for a while there, um, because people took it really seriously. Very upset with me. <laughs> I have never. So funny. I've never in my life had more fun. I was so happy because when people were taking it super seriously and commenting, I was just antagonizing the fuck out of them. I was just like, oh my god. You're... I was like, oh, good one. You're as bad as James. I was just, oh, I've never had so much fun in the comment section. That was so much fun. I love getting hate. It's like my favorite thing in the world, especially when it's like not real. I'm like, I'm just acting. Like, that makes it even better. It's like a compliment. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was actually any good at it. Oh, it was great. It was oh, one of the most fun know. things it we've done. Be... <laughs> it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I've already got the Splinter Cell Blacklist You Play Ambassador, like, tweeting, like, so much shit at me because like i'll tweet about trump and he'll be like you're such a pathetic hypocrite like fucking <laughs> wait really what, what, what? yeah what like, seriously i'm so like, i'm already in my own I, I, I already was in my own little like wwe thing except it was real and i couldn't believe it was real <laughs> i think i'm a I'm little so confused what happened oh it's just this guy he was he was really cool like we the first time i went to e3 in 2012 he was there for representing splinter cell blacklist which they um which they uh, uh, announced at 2012 E3 or whatever, and we got along really well. And then just like randomly, like out of nowhere recently, I tweet something about Trump because I think he's a fucking disgrace and a piece of shit human being. Like, and he'll like just all of a sudden pop up in my mentions being like, oh, like, what the fuck's wrong this time? Like, why isn't is Trump not saying exactly what you need to hear? Like, or whatever. Oh, wow. and I'm oh like, Jesus. And I'm you're like, a Trump, yeah, Trump like, fanboy. And I'm like, yeah, he's like hardcore, and it's like apparently like a really personal thing or something. And I'm like, Jeez, yeah, I got so this. like them white supremacy, and he's like, he's like, well, where are you talking about like why? Where were you when like Black Lives Matter and all these other hate groups like did all these other violent things? Like you pathetic hypocrite, like like okay. get over yourself. And I'm like, what oh the my fuck? god, like, came nowhere. <laughs> it's like, like it's like my first real life like WWE like. Except it's like not fake. It's actually just this guy who was really cool, and then out of nowhere, just started that's like being a dick. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, for sure. You can't hang out with or be friends to that guy ever again because, like, <laughs> when you meet someone, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, this is a funny. I mean, James and I are politically speaking quite. We talk about politics a lot on the podcast. We're pretty conservative people for the most part, but yeah, I mean, yeah. both both of us think Trump's a fucking idiot. I, th I don't think anyone. If someone, if you're a Trump fan, if you're like loving Trump, I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not sure where, what universe you're living in, but you're just like, nah, shit, he's doing a great job. Like, what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, but I mean, even even if you disagree, I mean, there's a way to disagree with someone who I thought we like mutually respected each other and like we got exactly, along really well, exactly and he like respect, lived in North exactly. California, but and then all of a sudden he just like turned into this completely different person. So I almost feel like. Oh, like it left me with such a sour taste in my mouth that something like even like a fake rivalry or something like with multiplayer, yeah. it'd be 
like uh and i wouldn't oh, want anyone like seriously <laughs> but yeah yeah no, that's yeah, what you're no saying. messed up you can you can search through my like um like yeah. my replies or something i found it, it and it's just, i found like, it you found it yeah he's so says, like, weird he's being so weird about it. it's like if you're gonna have like if you're gonna disagree on something at least respect each other like why is he being so like he's so mad about it yeah, I didn't understand. It was so out of nowhere. It was weird. So it's like... Yeah, it's like this- so strange. And, th- and this is partly why, Luma, I genuinely... I don't think you'll know how much it means to me to appreciate the conversation we had today. Um, just yeah. to, like... The- we may not all disagree, but just to have respect and discourse yeah. with each other means the world to me. Means the yeah. world to me. Um, so that that's the... Yeah, I don't. It doesn't bother me if anyone doesn't. You know, whether they like me, they don't like me, they agree with me, they disagree with me. If we can have like a real conversation and have respect for each other, that's that means everything. That means everything. Yeah, there's not enough sure. of it today. That's yeah, true. I, I totally agree, and I appreciate like you guys having me on, and that we can like just chat about these things, like, like really respectfully, and just yeah. Even if yeah, it doesn't it's... change your minds or anyone's minds or anything, it's cool just to sit down and chat like yeah. adults. Yeah, <laughs> always good to have a conversation about things, even if the if it's with someone like that's why we had like someone like you know we wanted to get a mentor on, is so we can get different opinions because if it's just me and Tyler bashing on something, you know that's, that's what we do every other day. That's it's just normal. It's not the point. <laughs> like if there's something like this, we want to get people with multiple views on to talk about those things, and you know it's always better and yeah. more healthy to have that sort of discussion than just talk to people that agree with what you think. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Nice. Well, uh, in regards to that multiplayer thing, yeah, I mean, I was just joking, but like, oh yeah, yeah no, I, I know. know. I, see, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I th- my theory of it all was, I, I said this to James. I'm like, because, I mean, I spoil. I wrecked James's life, um, but he was never <laughs> into multiplayer. Whereas I was like, when you and back in the day when it was a big thing, I was obsessed with it. When yeah. you guys were playing, I was playing as much as you guys were. Like, I was obsessed yeah. with it, to the strategy of it all. So yeah. in my mind. You know, I had other YouTubers that I was going to battle afterwards, and I don't know whether they'll happen. I know Brett wants to do it. I, I know for a fact, and I knew when I was going to battle James, I was going to win because I, I, I know those games like the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My theory was, my theory was, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to talk so much shit to everybody when I'm winning, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I need to lose. This fucking asshole character needs to lose, and I'm like, there's no one. <laughs> There's no one I want to beat him more than you, Luma. Just some nice, genuine person that I never could beat. I'm like, there needs to be the ultimate good guy that everyone can root behind that can finally destroy this evil entity. Like, oh man, God, that was like that was like the would be like the ideal of having like the dynamite beat me and then like beat the Creed who you were gonna find, like beat all these people and then Luma comes out. And destroys him the for the for the for the good of the people. <laughs> uh, what I a world that is! That was in my mind, but I'm but I'm a crazy person that likes to that watches way too much UFC. Uh, so that's... <laughs> turn it all into a show. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I don't. I don't do anything. I do is not real. It's all just a show. Um, as long as it, as long as I can have a laugh, I don't care what it is. Uh. <laughs> All right, James. Do you want to start wrapping this up? Get, do, go through the old as yes. as we said, the never stop selling the Patreon. As always, <laughs> as always, yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, who's been watching and listening? Uh, if you want more of this, you can go head over to the top link in the description, or if you're listening on iTunes or something, go head over to patreon.com forward slash as always pledge one dollar or possibly more but if you just pledge one dollar you can become an as always member and get exclusive podcasts every week the kill connor club isn't on 
um, along with plenty of other content that we just shove on Patreon whenever we feel like it, if we have other stuff to share and early content, depending on stuff that me and Tyler do together. And some of the people that have been pledging to us always are Ben or Moderox, Quizheck, uh, Sandbag, Josh DeVillier, Zeno Rio, Damien, Lumistrad, The Humble Worm, Nimbus, Seth, Tom Cunningham, Oscar, RavJ, Zach Neely, Son of a Bitch, OG Adogo, Tyler Tranter, Yazen, Brendan, and Pinkflame313. You sweet vintage lads, thank you for your support. Over and as always. Beautiful. Awesome. Once again, guys, thanks for joining us. Greatly appreciate it, and we'll have you guys on sure. again very, very soon. Sure thing. <clears throat> and that's three years, James. Three years three of the podcast together, brother. That's insane. Three years. Oh, that's amazing. Love it. Oh, goddamn. That's awesome. Well, um,. Great. We'll see everyone uh, next week for Clubhouse and then in two weeks for episode 55 of Kilconnor Club. Amazing. All nice. right. Fantastic. Bye. See you later. Peace. Don't say Bye. peace. I've told you not to say peace. I've told you every time. How I'm many times? So have I told happy. You not to say I'm so happy I made that a thing. I tell you every week to stop saying peace. You're welcome. Stop it. You say it like that. It's not even that you're saying peace. peace. You say it like. Bruce, when we sell when we sell merchandise with the word peace on it, you'll be fucking happy I made it a thing. But it'll be it'll be it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be P-W-C-E, like peace. Yeah. Oh. It'll be amazing. So oh, much cringe. with a little with a little peace sign emoji as well. No. <laughs> the kids are gonna love it. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>